Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bluefish Design Studio in Tempe, Arizona. Bluefish Design is a full service ad agency that can work with you on branding, logo, website development. They're a modern, fun, hip, fresh company that could take your company to the next level. So check them out online, www.bluefish.com. That's B-L-U-F-I-S-H.com. And now for today's episode, we have a special guest with us today, uh, Cullen Campbell, chef owner of Bar Pesque, formerly Crudo uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. We talk about Amaro's, we talk about Perone, we talk about some really cool, fun stuff. We go down all sorts of rabbit holes. So hope you enjoy today's episode. And once again, thanks for tuning in. It feels like this thing should not be right here. Really? It, it, it's <laughs> weird how it's like, oh, there it is. It's right up in my face. Yep. Just just having like a mic there. You kind of get used to it after a while. Well, it, it was just like... <laughs> Come on, when you become famous, you got to do like radio spots all over the country. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, once you're a celebrity chef, I don't think those guys actually even cook in their kitchens. Eventually, that'd be nice. <laughs> right? <laughs> Just to show up on like certain TV shows and make something really quick and then have somebody else do it for you. And then have my ass kicked every night. Well, I was, I was watching <laughs> no one of those cooking competitions and they had Roy from Roy's on. And the guy literally screwed everything up. He's like, man, I haven't cooked in my own kitchen in 20 years. Oh, had, that happens all the time. Had no idea what he was doing. Dude, my girlfriend is obsessed with that show Chopped, which has been great because now she's like making food like crazy. So she watches it and then she goes in the kitchen and makes something up. Sometimes it turns out good. But after watching that show and then like they actually have the judges like do something, they fuck half the stuff up. And you're like, oh, OK, that's right. They, they probably don't make that much food anymore because they're always at their own restaurant watching everybody else. No, they do really it. don't. Like they're doing all sorts of side projects and like so like nobody's like in the kitchen anymore. Do you ever do that like mess with your chefs like like in, as an interview? Be like, hey, you know, I want you to make something out of this, this and this. I used to it, but I haven't done it in a long time and I've kind of thought about going back to that. Cause I just like I was like I was so busy I didn't feel like talking to them or something. I'm like, here, go do that. Did you like give, see him, how you... give him like a bunch of dull knives and pans that are totally warped and only goes to one side. <laughs> so this is mine. You can't use any of this. Like use that shit over there. <laughs> <laughs> give him like a meat mallet that like just flies off constantly because it's just so bad. <laughs> I mean, not to mention when, when you get out of culinary school or you're trying to get into the restaurant business in this valley, there's only a handful of chefs you really probably want to work under or work with. You know, there's so many corporate restaurants in this valley. Oh, it's way too much. It's out of control. My, my, it really is. My mom was just here visiting, and she commented multiple times on the amount of restaurants. She's like, every corner, there's a restaurant. I mean... Oh, they're everywhere. It, it's got to be challenging to be a chef and find great help in this valley. Oh, it's horrible right now because, you know, everybody has been working at, like, all these, like, even local corporate restaurants, but, like, all these corporate restaurants, and they, <clears throat> they're used to, like, shortcuts and having a shit ton of, like, staff on board. Somebody to do everything for you. Exactly. Like you're not your own prep cook. Like you actually have a prep cook in the back. I mean, you look <laughs> at those. You look at those restaurants. They have a insane amount of staff. They do. Dude, my very first job ever was at PF Chang's, and I was a I was a food runner back there. And like the appetizer side, they had the two walks and three guys working it. One guy prepping up everything. The other guy. There was one person who was constantly in and out of the back making all the sausage. And I've never seen more sugar in my entire life get used than in oh, PF yeah. Tang sauce. Like honestly, I don't. I'm surprised people didn't have diabetes after leaving that because I used to eat there every single night. And like now, I have PTSD when I see PF Chang's because <laughs> I ate there so much. But all of it was just sugar sauces, and everything was already ready to go. So you just had like eight chefs along the line, and just all right, quick, throw this one thing in, throw this one thing in, and then they're done. 
So it was, it was weird watching a chain restaurant work that way, like a real well-oiled machine. <laughs> it's always funny looking back to the like my early restaurant jobs and the shit that I had to do and put up with. And I worked in a, uh, it was like a game steakhouse. So they had like a lot of game meats. So okay. we had, uh, upstate New York. Oh, so it's very common. It's sense. very oh, common in New York. Not game. Game meats. Like, so, <laughs> but I was not allowed to do anything. I had to. Here's your I had to make your steak. <laughs> I had to maintain the sizzler esque salad bar Ooh. and baked potatoes. So that was my whole job for like probably a year and a half. Was, was baking it the soft potatoes serve too. <laughs> 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 I was I was working at Friendlies. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh. What was your uh, first restaurant place? Like, were you actually in the back of the house in the beginning? Uh, yeah, actually, my first real restaurant job was a bagel restaurant. Bagel restaurant? So I made... Uh, wait, 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 wait. He said real restaurant job. Well, like... It was a bagel well, restaurant. Well, it's not a real so. restaurant. <laughs> Is that an oxymoron? <laughs> but we did, we did... We made everything there. Like, we made all the bagels there. And so, like, it was... Like, I was like, oh, it's just a new place opening up. Like, I'll go apply all right. And I was like, oh, I just made bagel sandwiches all the time. Oh, my God. Like, imagine going from, like, being the bagel boy to owning, like, multiple restaurants. Oh, yeah. Dude, I love watching this thing pour. Yeah, I got to have you talk a little bit about this thing because, I'll be honest, it's the first time I have ever had somebody pour me a wine out of one of these. I've seen pictures of people doing this. Oh, that's the best right there. <laughs> just so, straight to the mouth. So, so what's the name of this thing again? This is called a Perone. A Perone. So Jonathan actually thought it was a bong when he first, uh, Cullen walked in with it at first. <laughs> pretty much everybody does. It's yeah. It basically looks like a giant bong with an extremely, it looks like a sophisticated bong, like the, the little tip on the end. Where did you come up with this? Where did you find this? Where was this? Was this something that a rep showed you or something you saw in France? No, actually, originally I saw it in Mexico. No way. Yeah. So. Were they pouring tequila out of it? No, they were pouring <laughs> shitty Mexican red wine out of it. Ooh. So you guys, I'm sure you guys have heard of Signor Frogs. Mm-hmm. So there was another one called Carlos and Charlie's that was like in the same like group. That's right there in Rocky Point, right? No, it was in uh, Cozumel. Cozumel, okay. But they did the whole thing of like, they came behind you, like put your head back. Blow and the whistle. and With the whistle, mm-hmm. yeah. And like, then you don't remember anything the rest of the night. I wake up in somebody else's room, not even your hotel, maybe the wrong city. For some odd reason, there's black beans all over the place. <laughs> so where did <laughs> sour cream all over yourself and you're wondering why? <laughs> so where did you actually find this thing? Did you actually buy this one in Mexico or online? Or Well, actually, I bought one in Mexico. And then... Uh, you're going to be able to get that angle? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> yeah, we got to go video soon on these so you could actually see him working this magic got, right yeah. here. This, this I is, got a video of it. This is like a surgeon right now working around the mics and everything. It's like pouring this. I, I've been practicing a lot. But uh, I had one and I, I lost it in a move somehow or broke it or something. So I just got this for Christmas. And the way you, the way you pour it all up high, I mean, it works for somebody of your height. But imagine being somebody like uh, like Shaq trying to use that thing. It's like a s- normal pour six, form. Six foot beat. pour. That yeah. bottle went quick. Yeah, right. <laughs> Good job, this guys. one goes down really fast. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're actually drinking. All right, let's do this. All right. So it's a Spanish wine that he brought. I'm going to try and name this one. Is it Spanish or French? It's Spanish. It's Spanish. Okay. So it's on the front. It's actually a cool, cool little uh, label. Camino, Roca, Alchera, which, no. And then uh, <laughs> the, the region, Guitariaco, Chocolina. <laughs> 
Oh my god, I'm not even gonna. The spell entire that. thing is a mouthful. <laughs> it's, it, it's, is. it really is. I'm gonna. I got a picture of it. I'll put it up, and everybody else can be as confused as I am. I've never seen a T and an X next to each other. I actually, we tried to look up the varietal in Jancis Robinson's book, and it sent us down some random rabbit hole that we were like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I'll look that up later. Yeah. It's kind of cool though, because when it was pouring it, it got really fizzy on the end of it. There was like that little effervescence to yeah, it. Yeah, I have to, I have to stand up to do that, and I'm not doing that right now. <laughs> right. So, so actually, this is officially our second late night tasting or recording. We yeah. did we did one other one before, which turned out pretty good. So hopefully, this one I think goes we made well. It to midnight, yeah. But we have we have an awesome guest. So actually, let's uh, I'll let you do a, an introduction. So it's Cullen Campbell. I guess I'm doing the introduction, but I'll let you tell you <laughs> tell everyone about yourself. <laughs> Please, so, Damien, please tell everybody about <laughs> Colin for him. So, uh, I'm, <laughs> that's great. I just have to sit here and drink wine. Perfect. <laughs> Look good, drink wine, chime in once in a while. So I'm uh, Chef Colin Campbell. I own uh, formerly Crudo. Uh, it's down called Bar Pesce. And uh, we just made the switch over, and we're trying to do as many fun things with seafood as possible and whatever flavors I can find that are different and some work and some have not. So, <laughs> are, are you keeping like a cuisine similar to what you had at Crudo? Oh, very or similar. You, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's still it's still all the, a lot of all the crudos and uh, pastas and wood fire meats and fish. And so many people have no idea what Crudo even is. Oh no! So I I just did a party just recently. I was like, yeah, this is one of our crudos. They're like, what's that? <laughs> for like for a tasting. I was like, well, it's like sashimi. They're like, what's that? <laughs> Whoa, okay. Usually that's, I could describe it that way. I'm I was like, like, sushi? Kind of. Question mark? Mm, California? Like, okay, I know what sushi is. So it's like, a California roll? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, basically what I describe it, crudo, it's kind of like, I just tell people think sashimi, but instead of soy sauce, vinaigrettes. Yeah, pretty probably, much. Probably about the easiest way to put it. Yeah, mostly, mostly lemon or like a citrus-based vinaigrette. I, I always love the way you push the envelope when it came to Italian cuisine. It's the Italian cuisine you get when you go over to Italy. Yeah. So many people in America think Italian food. They think spaghetti and meatballs, Alfredo sauce, oh, no, uh, that's amore. Like Unfortunately, that song yeah, they think of, uh, what's that crappy place? Uh, oh, hey now. Pucatapepo. <laughs> yes, the giant meatball. <laughs> I was going to say Olive Garden, but you know, <laughs> potato, potato. <laughs> can't, can't talk smack about the OG. Oh, breadsticks. They're free. All you yeah. can eat. <laughs> but, you know, when you go actually over to Italy, the, the cuisine is so fresh. I mean, right now, everybody's talking about Mediterranean diet. Mediterranean diet is Italian cuisine. No, absolutely. I mean, it's very Mediterranean. I've had people leave because they were expecting spaghetti with bread sauce or meat sauce or something like that. It's funny you say that because I was going to ask, like, if people get really surprised when they walk into your restaurant thinking it's Italian and get totally blown away by, like, the difference of food. Some do. That's like, actually, like, I've had a, a good handful of people who do. That sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I was lucky enough to spend some time in Italy, and the first time I was over there, and it was the same thing. I wasn't also used to having, like, eight courses of meal at the same time and having salad for dessert, but when they brought out all the food, it was the lightest sauces, mostly fish. You oh, yeah. know, I don't goes, think I saw red sauce, honestly, no, almost anywhere it's to very, into the it's middle of the country. It's actually not that much, or even if they do use tomato. It's like, it's a, whole like a little tomato. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's delicious though. It's it's nice seeing that because like I like your Brad's place. And I think the only other Italian restaurant we went to that was similar, like sort of Giuseppe's every once in a while. I mean, but he's not even close. I mean, he's like he's like um, big. Yeah, he's <laughs> big plates. <laughs> yeah, yes. oh, they're huge. Yes, I mean, I Nona Nona can does some Italian plates like. Have that. Have you been to that place yet? I haven't been to Nona. They're unique. They do Italian food and sushi. 
but not yeah. but not crudo. Yeah. Really, yeah. <laughs> so, so they're right on Main and like I think it's Brown is like the main road. But I, if I'm not mistaken, the chef there and his wife are the people who own it. He's like the number three sushi guy in the world. Like they live. He's from Venezuela. He was in Japan. Huh. Learned how to do all these things. So he does like one sushi roll. Uh, one sashimi style and then one other fish plate and then they do like American Italian kind of mixes. But there, I again I've never seen them have a red sauce on it. They do amazing risotto, tagliatelle, and uh, a squidding pasta that's really fantastic. Okay. I'm gonna have to go check that out. I didn't even. Also, they make amazing mezcal drinks. So you know, oh, my mezcal. kind of jam. <laughs> so does Bar Pesh. Yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know that we, I will. We love the tequila and the mezcal there. I will. And your bitters, by the way. Because yes. I think it might have been you and who Amaro's. poured me a bitters drink one time. It was just like straight bitters. It was McKinley who was like, here, try this drink. And it was just straight bitters and something else. <laughs> it's probably an Amaro. Yep, probably. Or was it a Malort? You guys have that? We do not have the Malort. She's <laughs> <laughs> laughing. It's so bad, but That's, so... There's a very few Amaros that I don't really care for. I can muscle down some Malort, but Ramazzotti is actually the only one that I really don't care for. Why? But you're a Fernet guy, aren't I'm you? I'm a Fernet guy. What's what's the deal of Fernet? You know, why do it's people delicious. love it? I, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so bitter and angry tasting. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you need to get that angry out of you. <laughs> it's it's the way you. to do it. Yeah. It's the, it's the beginning of the night. Drink. But it makes, like, makes you think you're alive. Like when I drink when I drink, yes, it does. <laughs> it, remi- it reminds me to brush my teeth. <laughs> when when I if I drank Nonino or I drank like the Sabona or yeah. Montenegro, they're they're pleasant. No, they are. They're they're actually very pleasant. <laughs> Whereas Mister Fournette, he could be an angry little bastard sometimes. <laughs> hey, sometimes you need that. <laughs> but chefs was about seven or eight years ago. Just took off. Like just became super popular all over with the chef community. What was it? Was it just the I fact that it's so different that it's not? Well, I think, it, I think it had to do vodka? with the, uh, uh, you know, the cocktail revolution that happened here. And, you know, everybody was like trying to do as much from San Francisco as possible. And San Francisco buys more for net than anybody in the world. Isn't that right? But I think it's, it, yes, I think so. Yeah. But I think it's chefs that are drinking it more than anything. Is it just because after a full day of cooking food for people, you need to let out some uh, anger? That's where that bitter, bitterness comes <laughs> yeah. from. Like, it's, <laughs> I need to drink how I feel right now. But it's like, uh, like I tell people it's a, you know, acquired taste. But for some odd reason, like I took to it right away. And you guys, and at like thirteen. Ooh, that's early. <laughs> that is really early. My dad honestly used to. He bought it a long time ago. Uh, your and, your dad is awesome, by the way. I got a chance <laughs> to meet him. He is. I wouldn't. This is a man that literally at his age, if I saw him like in a dark alley, he would whoop my ass like three times over. Like this guy <laughs> is. He's a feisty man. Yeah, he would take your legs first, so that's how. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's, Does he live out here? Yeah, all right. Yeah, he lives. He lives uh, in Paradise Valley. I think we were drinking so, for net with him. We were, as a matter of fact. <laughs> so he's the one that introduced it to me. He found it in Italy, yeah. and then it was really funny when he got back here. He couldn't find it anywhere, so he he made Mike Fine buy it for him. So he bought it by the case from Mike Fine. I mean, wow. that's a nice dad. My dad introduced me to Popov and Pabst Blue Ribbon. That, my dad <laughs> played, I think, one of the best tricks ever on me. So growing up, my dad took our, we had like a two-car garage on the side of the house. And he built a garage on the other side. Then he built out this full bar. Like it looked like an Irish pub. And he probably had like 200 different liquors behind there, a couple taps and like a wine cooler. And so being in high school, 
uh, our friends would come over and just raid that thing when he wasn't in town. So we take out like the little, just a little bit from it, every little thing. Yeah. But he was a scotch drinker, so we never touched a scotch. It was like the one golden rule. Like, Ironically, he would lock. That. Yeah, don't mess with that. He would lock the wine cooler, like as if any high schooler is going to drink wine. But we wouldn't touch. But we'd always drink all the vodka because that's what we would do, and like for all of our mixed drinks. Well, anyways, one day he's sitting on the couch and he goes, "Hey, Jonathan, can you go do me a favor and go get the vodka that's in the freezer? I'm gonna have some friends over and have some drinks." So I went and grabbed it and I brought it to him and I was like, "This thing is frozen." He's like, "I knew it. I got you. I knew you put water into that thing the whole time. I don't have friends coming over. I knew you've been drinking this thing." I was like, "Shit, that was such a good way to find out about that." I had no yeah, idea. He doesn't that. drink vodka. Yeah. But I think most of the others, like, Amaro's will all freeze. What do you have to probably be, like... 30%? Does, te- does tequila freeze? No. Tequila doesn't freeze. Does whiskey? No. No. It's, what, 30%? Or, like, 25, 30 area starts to freeze? Right around there? Yeah. We'll it, Google that it, eventually and throw it up. Yeah, we'll have to do another episode with a... First sh- off, let a- me ask a question. Does anybody here drink anything less that can basically freeze? <laughs> Because I'm looking well, I'm, at a bunch of people who worked in the industry, and I don't think any of us drink less than forty yeah, percent. Well, well, Fernet is is pretty potent. Fernet's uh, eighty proof, forty percent yeah. alcohol. Mm-hmm. But Montenegro, I think, is only like twenty three percent. What's Jaeger? Who cares? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I Excellent don't like Ramazzotti is because it reminds me of Jaeger. Okay, actually, we were just talking about the fact that Jaeger is an Amaro. It's in the yeah. same family. I, I didn't know that until we talked about that the last time. I just thought it was honestly cough syrup that got marketed as a booze. <laughs> Ugh, that's so bad. <laughs> yeah. so, so, of course, like in college, you have a bad experience on one or two everything. different alcohols <laughs> that you will never be able to drink again the same way. Jägermeister was one of them. Yep. For most people, it's either Jäger, tequila. tequila. Jack Daniels occasionally, probably for some people. Right Crown Royal was probably my family's drink of choice growing up through high school and later on. <laughs> All those Polish people, man, that my family hung around. That and uh, Shlevovich or whatever, it's that Yugoslavian oh blandy and that circle yep. ball. Oh, my God. That thing could run a car. Like plum liquor or something <laughs> yeah. like that? Yeah. Yep. So uh, at the restaurant, are you guys making any other changes? Are you, like, the cuisine you said is staying pretty standard, so is it pretty much just the name that's changing? Or are there other visions for where it's going to go? Well, we uh, this way we get to like add in different influences from all over the world instead of just Italy, but it's still got the Italian roots. You're not Italian, though. No. How did you get to be go from the bagel boy to Mister uh, Italian Crudo? Well, <laughs> <laughs> of course, I was tra- like like every chef, like everybody's almost trained in in French cuisine, right? And then my old boss, like he he like jumping into Japanese and. Vietnamese and all sorts of stuff. So, so I got to experience like little things here and there. And like for some odd reason, I just love raw fish. So I was going to do a Japanese restaurant, like a sushi restaurant, but there were so many sushi places opening up out here. And uh, that's when I like, I randomly like crossed over crudo. So I started playing around with Italian food. And I'm like, oh, there's some really cool ingredients and they're really, some of them are really kind of similar to like Japanese and. You know, it's really simple, really fresh, and so that's how it kind of, like, molded into that. But then I try and add some of my, like, you know, growing up in Memphis, like, wood fire grill, like, smoke, and things like that. So that's where you're from is Memphis? Yep. See, I actually didn't know that. That's where your southern cooking comes from. That's exactly where my southern cooking comes from. That's why you like the piggies. Oh, I love the piggies. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. I'm telling you. I don't think I've ever had better pork than yours. 
and I'm I, this is a generalization because it's so many. I've had it so many different ways with you. I can't just say oh pork butt or carnitas or oh, I use everything. Yeah, pretty much all of it. Is there? I mean, any part of the pig you haven't actually cooked that's not a reproductive organ? <laughs> like, well, he's thinking about it. He's like, no, I've done that too. It makes a delicious stew. <laughs> no, actually, I've never cooked that. <laughs> but I did a dinner with Bernie. And uh, there was like that whole thing going on with the seven chefs and like, oh, why are there no women in it? And Bernie and I were doing a dinner together. He's like, I want to do testicles. <laughs> I hope that was the first thing he said to you when he walked up. No, it was pretty I just much it. testicles. But he uh, he he went to the store and he's like, they didn't have any testicles. He's like, and they, he's like, they didn't speak English behind the counter. He's like, we don't have this, but we have this. <laughs> <laughs> so he made uh, penis egg rolls. Oh no way! I am not kidding you. It wasn't on the menu, is that? Was it? I mean, was it? I can't remember the name of the. Uh, he made some fancy sounding names so people had no idea what they were eating. Yeah. <laughs> Panaya rolls. I'm trying to think. I was probably there and I probably had no idea I was eating it either. Well, it was so funny because like, we told people like afterwards like what it was. Was this at uh, the one at Citizen? Which one was this? Oh, so this was just Bernie and I like when we did Blank Space. Okay. okay, good. Got it. Not the Seven Chef dinner. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was just the two of us. You guys haven't really done those recently. No, there was like too many of them going on, and everybody's so short-staffed, it's so hard to do them. I mean, it did seem like it was about a two-year time period where every other month you guys were doing this. It was a lot. A little too much, yeah, huh? Yeah, it was a little too much. I really enjoyed the camaraderie. It's something you don't see in a lot of cities, chefs coming together. Oh, yeah, we still had that camaraderie, too. Like, you know, if it, there's, like, hey, like, does anybody have a good refrigeration guy? Like, we have a text message, group text message, like. Throw it out there. That's actually really smart, too. Yeah. And if you need an AC guy, I know one. <laughs> <laughs> he loves working for food. Everybody has a guy <laughs> or something. Well, I grew up back east. You know, you grew up in some of those small towns. Like, you make sure you always know everybody. I always knew my butcher. We knew, I mean. That's important. This is becoming huge in the restaurant business. It's Still actually something I wanted. Out here. I think 2019 is going to be the year of knowing your purveyors. I think it's going to become a big trend at all the restaurants. I think it's something you guys and some other restaurants in town have done for a number of years. However, now it's going to become kind of mainstream. I think you're going to start seeing it a be, lot yeah. more. Because, I mean, I got it, like, I, for the longest time, it was my goal to know, like, where everything came from. The wine, the food, like, everything. The vegetables, the, the olive oil, the salt. Like, I tried so hard to get like a good salt that was affordable that like it just it just didn't happen. I mean, you do some ballsy stuff in this town when it comes to cuisine. I mean, I'm going to go out there and just say it. Like a lot of people play it safe. You've never been the guy that plays oh, it I safe never here in safe. town. And that's one of the reasons I've always respected what you do is because you've done you do pig head dinners. Like oh, yeah. I'll just cook the whole head. Like most people won't put that on their menu, and you put it first and foremost. Like it's a big deal for you. Oh yeah, so I think the first time I had head cheese was something that you did, and it blew me away when I figured out what it was. No, it <laughs> was. Like, we were. It just hit me. Was that the dinner that we were yes. talking about an hour ago? Fried head cheese. It was oh, that. Oh yeah, that was, <laughs> that that was, was such yeah. a good dish. Dude, we yes. were talking about this like an hour before you got here, because I said the first time I'd ever eaten at Crudo was he did a North Italian dinner when he was still at Vias. Yeah. And it was the first time I ate there, and we were trying to figure out the wines. And in my mind, I was like, we ate some good stuff. I just, I remember like one of the fish things we did, 
But then the head cheese was in there, and that blows me away. What it actually just was. There's one all over the place. I love yeah, it. Yeah, just grab one. Of yeah, just grab one. <laughs> yeah. I had to make sure he got Everybody one. just grab a glass. Everybody grab glasses. I'm still working on this white wine. So, yeah, fried head cheese. What the hell? Like, one of the most amazing things. I, honestly, you could put that up at any fair in America. That would be so popular. It was actually an old school uh, Italian dish. Was it really? Yeah. No way. Well, I... I updated it a little bit, but <laughs> so for inspiration, put on that green Parmesan cheese out of the thing that's already made. Yep, so oh, yeah. <laughs> that you, you get in the Safeway aisle. <laughs> you do a lot of trips for inspiration. Like oh, yeah. you just go eat at other restaurants and. Yeah, I like to take a lot of uh, two day trips and just go try out a new city and like you know look research the restaurants that they're doing. So I fight this. I think that our cuisine, or I'm going to tell you, I know our cuisine is very underrated nationally. What we're doing here in Phoenix. Often I go to a city and they say, you have to eat at this restaurant, this restaurant, this restaurant. And I go, man, that's just not as good as what they're doing over at Pesh Atlas and, you know, some of these other, some of these chef driven restaurants here in town. I'm often disappointed. However, there are some great people doing stuff in great cities. No, absolutely. What, what, what are some of your favorite cities or towns to go just eat through right now? Well, I mean, I've always loved going to LA. Number one, it's so close. I, I can get there so fast from my place. And uh, one of my favorite restaurants in the country is there. It's called Kispaka. I've never eaten there. It's part of the Nancy yep. Silverton uh, Mozo Group mm-hmm. with Batali and uh, Bastianic. It is so freaking good. Because I was told to go eat Animal once. I was not overly impressed. Yeah, animal's fun. Um, I like Animal. It was fun. It, yeah. was, it was something to try. They, they cook a lot of other pig parts. And you know, <laughs> at this point in time, the more the more chefs, because I don't know food that well. Like, I'm, this is like my first, like I'm getting into the food scene just because like I, my whole life I grew up with, you know, my family making stuff or weed at chains. So now that like I see restaurants opening up more here in Arizona, I'm starting to enjoy food more. But at this point in time, every time I go to a menu, there is some animal part on there I've never heard of that I'm constantly trying. And it's always, you know, branching out like, oh man, am I really about to eat this? Like I had dim sum one time and it was definitely like pig anus was on there. It was pig colon. Yeah, Yeah, it's pig colon. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe about it. It was good. I mean, it was a texture I never want in my mouth again, but still, (laughs) it wasn't bad. So I did the the taco trail in Santa Barbara. What is that? <laughs> Dude, that sounds great. <laughs> it's actually fantastic. I don't I, know if you I, know about the taco scene in Santa Barbara. I don't know. Have you have you gone up and down McDowell? This is the taco trail of Phoenix right here. <laughs> no, it really is. And actually, uh, so uh, like, Dude, your neighborhood is the taco trail of Arizona. <laughs> so that's the whole thing. Like, uh, I went to La Superica, which was Julia Child's favorite taqueria, and they're making the tortillas to order. I was like, holy shit, these are the best fucking tortillas I've ever had. And then the first time I went to Chihuahua, I was like. It's every bit as good. Like the, the the tortillas are like like some of the best I've ever had. You talking about uh, tacos she was yeah. right here? Yeah. Their their tortillas are great. Well they're doing something special. They're making them from scratch. Oh, yeah. That's Absolutely. all it takes. You guys make your pastas from scratch. Mm-hmm. It was one of my biggest pet peeves when I was in the Italian wine business is the amount of restaurants that don't make pasta from scratch. If you're, if you're going to do tacos and you have the ability to make tortillas, do it. Do, absolutely. You're probably going to make a little more money making it from scratch. You're going to put out a better quality. Probably not as much as like pasta. If you're making pasta from scratch, you can Actually, make it. I've, I've got a picture somewhere. It's like there was like a help wanted sign in La Superica. And it was like one cook, two tortilla makers. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Probably what they do all day long. They probably have one person there's or a two line, people. There's a line around the, like, around the building. Jeez. Oh. So where in LA is this? Oh, this is in uh, Santa, Santa Barbara. Barbara. Yeah, but there's there's some really great tacos in Santa Barbara. It's so good. 
The taco and trail. They, and they call it the taco trail. So I did a dinner at a winery last year there. I was like, I'm going to do, like, I went by myself and did it. It's like, I'm going to do the taco trail by myself. Like, just wander around and eat tacos everywhere. One place is called, uh, I think it was called Lizzie's. They had, like, eyeball tacos and lip tacos. and oh. Really? Like, yeah. Hmm. Not so sure about that. You know what? This I've never point, had eyeball. Never had eyeball? Nope. Eyeball is not eyeball. that bad, actually. You didn't say it was that good either. <laughs> actually, you'd be surprised about the texture. <laughs> that's that's what kind of freaks me out is the texture. It's like it's it's not like it's gonna pop. It doesn't do that. It's it's actually like a like a real tender piece of meat. So like when they take the eyeball, like it's not like the whole eyeball. Like do they cut it, flay it, kind of like put it on there, or is it literally just like here's the eyeball and just slap oh no it on they there. they cut it up okay yeah. yeah. Because I feel like that would freak somebody out the second they'd look at it and be like, okay, there's literally, my food is looking at me right now. I mean, the first time I ever had an eyeball was at Crudo. When a table dared me to eat an eyeball, because I was like, I've never eaten it before. From, Straight raw? Was it from fish or from pork? No, it was from the, the pork head. Mm-hmm. And I was, they were like, okay, I'll make you a deal. Like, I will eat an eyeball if you would eat an eyeball. And I was like, okay, deal. Did, did they do it? Oh, yeah, they did it. Awesome. So, so when my girl was living in uh, Seattle... Like there was a pig, like there was like a big party, like at the the diner right down the street. That's open twenty four hours. They serve food twenty four hours, and they've got a great bar. But they did like a a pig roast out front, and we went there and we're like, let's do pig eye shots. Oh, <laughs> that doesn't sound. I grew up in a Slovak family, so some of the stuff my family ate was basically along those lines. Like they just dared each other to eat random stuff. I mean. Pig eye shots. You're just like, eh, that's what chefs do. It's actually, it's like you would really be surprised at the the eyeballs. Like they're not that they're not that bad. They're they're not. It's really not that scary. So there's only two things that I cannot eat because of the texture, and I enjoy the flavor of both of them. One is cow tongue. I have a lot of issue with cow tongue. It's the texture. I don't know what it is. Why? Every once in a while, some of the little Mexican restaurants around here sneak me some cow tongue. I know they do. Is it the speaker? Oh, is it still going off? Yeah, I think it's still the speaker. I'm like, I'm hearing drums in the background. <laughs> it's Jumanji. It's like, it's like the Jumanji shanting <laughs> <out>. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. I've tried to turn off like five times. It keeps turning itself on. My house is also haunted, so you got to keep in mind about that. So, so is the restaurant. All right, so the two... The, the, <laughs> That's pretty cool, actually. The, the two random things that I can't eat besides cow tongue and it's uni. I love uni in pasta. I love uni as a savory addition, like a little salty addition to something. But you can't a eat it straight. A spoonful of it, it does not go down. Sea urchin row. Sea urchin what? Row. Oh. It, so I was at but more... it looks like a cat tongue. So I was... <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's actually a great way All to right. put it. Yeah, it looks just like an orange cat tongue. I was at Morimoto's, and they asked me if I wanted Japanese or California uni. And I was like, oh, I don't know the difference. She's like, I'll bring you a little sample of both. And I was like, I might want to cancel my dish now. <laughs> like, I couldn't do it. I ordered the uni pasta. And actually, I still got the pasta, and the pasta was fantastic. It was awesome. I loved it. But it just sits right here. Just something about the consistency of it. Yeah, like, a lot of people hate the, the texture of it. It's weird. Weird how texture does that. Yeah, you know, I love I love it though. Like I love just cracking like the shell open and. So what is it that you wo- so what is it you won't eat? It sounds like you are very much like a man versus. The I'll only eat thing that I've eaten that I haven't really enjoyed is balut. 
Uh, what wow. is the fetal duck egg? Oh, that sounds awful. Has it been fermented Thai- or Thailand? Uh, it is Philip uh, from the Philippines. Philippines. Yeah, my family's blood sausage used to freak me out too. My family made blood sausage growing up, like real from the farm, and that was a little like a little grassy, like. <laughs> <laughs> A little it, ripe. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't my favorite thing when grandma cooked it. I much preferred her pierogies, that's for sure. <laughs> made me much happier. Oh, man, dude. I'm glad I grew up in an English family where everybody made shit food because it's always bland and, you know, completely spiceless. What are we having for dinner tonight? Boiled chicken, rice, and some cabbage. Oh, Excellent. I love eating your dad's house. It's literally like steak, potatoes, and salad every day. I don't think we've ever eaten anything but steak, potatoes, and much. salads. Yeah, he's like, how do you want this? Uh, I don't know. Rare? Too bad. I just threw it on the grill for 10 minutes. All right, cool. <laughs> so Take a, Taking gambles with my salt, dad's food. Salt, pepper, two minutes each side. Yeah, he's like, so I bought this thing from Safeway. It's called Hot Shot like, Salsa. We're just going to put this on there and see what happens. <laughs> okay. So as far as Pesh, because it's something that I'm, I'm really interested to see where you go, because I'll be honest, I still call you a crudo. I still do, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. It's really other- rough. The other night I was telling everyone when I was like, I'm heading up to Crudo. I mean, Pesh. I mean, it just doesn't... That's how it's pronounced. Is Pesh or... Uh, Peche? Uh, Peche or Pesche. Okay. All right. So, so you can call I, it... I am wrong on my pronunciation two episodes no, in a, a row. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm, I'm running on 11 right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, damn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we moved on to the Barolo now. So, so a number of years ago, Colin got a great opportunity to cook at the James Beard House in New York. Um, that had to have been a great experience. Oh, it was a blast. Must have also been a pain, though, too, to transport all the food, all the equipment, all the staff. It was a horrible pain in the ass. Really? <laughs> that bad. All right. If you had a chance to do it again, would you? Yeah, I did it with the, actually did it with the seven chefs, and it was much easier that way because I only had to do one dish. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about doing it again with, uh, with Bar Pache. So, so, like, I'm really excited to try and do it again. So... For people that are actually listening that don't know what James Beard house is or what they are, you want to explain that? Yeah, so James Beard was, like, back in the heyday, like, really good friend of Julia Child, like, really involved in the uh, the food and wine scene. Wrote a ton of books, like, introducing European cuisine into uh, into America, along with Julia Child. That's funny. I'm having a PBS flashback right now with Julia Child's cooking show. Hello. Hello. <laughs> but uh after he died they turned his house into a uh a cooking like a like essentially a restaurant that's all for charity uh, now what, so, what are the what are the awards because they give out james beard awards that's that's associated with the charity though too right yes so is it because so, this, this is something I'm, I'm i'm actually asking this because i don't totally know either so the awards are done by like it's it's a real pain in the ass getting a James Beard Award. So uh, they uh, they do it by region. So like we're the Southwest region. Like California is like its own region. Its own region. Probably broken up into a couple spots too, or is it just California? No, it's just California. Okay. Like that's they, they just call that the West. Okay. And then they essentially have one just for New York City. Yeah. So Southwest is Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico, and Texas. And Texas. Yeah. All right. So we get shafted a lot out here on the James Beard Award. All big time. It's something that it bugs me um, because, we, like I said, we're so underrated with our cuisine and what we're doing. And they see great chefs get nominated year in and year out. And every year we don't win. And it's been a number of years since we've had a James Beard Award winning chef out here. 
Oh yeah, uh, Nobu was the last one. Yeah, which deserved every bit of it. Oh, no, absolutely, hands down. They're I mean, building another uh, Nobu right now over at Fashion Square too. I know, I heard about that. Yeah, but it's a, it's, it's a two 44. it's a two different Nobus though. Oh like, really? Yeah. So Nobu here, so Nobu in Japan is like Nick here. Mm. So like it's like it's a very it's a common name. So the like when he opened up here, I was like, "Is it Nobu Nobu?" And they're like, "No, it's that." Oh, it's no. a different Nobu. Yeah, the oh, other okay. one that's like the one that's in Caesar pa- Caesars in Vegas. The and, one that Drake and, raps about constantly. <laughs> oh, he's got restaurants like all over the world. Yep. Where to be honest, the one that's here, it's a little sexier of a cuisine. I mean, it's he's doing something you would find in Japan. Actually, there's a, oh yeah, they just did a local movie on him. Um, on what he does and where he came from and his type of cuisine. Yeah. But so you got a chance. So, and he's a great guy too. So yeah. So, but going back to the wine though too, because so when Cullen had a chance to cook at the James Beard house, he came to me and said, Hey, can you help us out? The importer I worked with was in New York city. He was already transporting all the food, the equipment, the staff and everything. And so we worked out a little deal where I could help him provide some of the wines to the dinner. And he had had a chance to try the Caviola wines before, and so we sponsored a bunch of the Caviola wines for the dinner. The Quinch was, like, giving away Caviola. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll try it. And I bought a bunch of it. I was like, holy shit, this is really good. Like, it, why is nobody buying this? Because <laughs> no, nobody, nobody knows it. It's just like, you know, I, I, just to say, how come your restaurant sometimes isn't busy, as busy as it should be? Because mm-hmm. people can't, don't know yeah, it. Yeah, they don't, they don't wrap their head around it. Like, they drive by the they drive by and they see something they recognize some name brand thing and they don't realize that what you are and you know it's Caviola is in the same way it's he's that little guy who is fighting the big guys out there you know no, he he really is and like damn is that wine so good so he he was winemaker of the year in Italy a, a number of years ago I mean yeah, he makes wine for like doesn't surprise me he makes wine for like thirty other people I don't think we've ever opened a bottle of his that was not stunning yeah at this point so he has this little vineyard that he planted on the backside of uh, the castle of Novello. Um, Novello is this little tiny district, and uh, it's basically a clock tower, like 15 towns and a castle, or 15 houses and a castle. And on the backside of the castle is a super steep hill, and so he called this the Sotto Castello Vineyard because it means under the castle. And it is almost undrinkable when it's released because it's so it's big it's 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 almost mountain-esque even though it's not it's a southern barolo Mm -hmm. but it's on such a steep vineyard it could be aggressive upon release after about five or six years this wine is always stunning but well that's the that's the whole thing like i bought some bought some caviola stuff and a a lot of it's like it's not undrinkable when it's first open but you're hard it's it's a little he's got a heavy hand in some oak i was also gonna say i mean it's it's 2007, and the tannin on it's still grippy as yep. shit. Yeah, so this is a 2007, so this is 11 years old. I mean, yeah. this should be just starting to hit its stride right now, and it's still a baby. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it really is. <laughs> it's it also really almost is. empty. But <laughs> he does two barrels of this a year. That's it. There's two tonne that he does of it, or the larger barrels. Yeah, that's The 25 insane. hectoliter ones. That's it. In fact, actually, he ages his wine in someone else's winery because his winery is in Doliani, and he can't call it Barolo if he ages his wine in Barolo because of all the crazy laws over there. Right. So, but it was, I wanted to open this as something to kind of attribute to the James Beard dinner you did. We actually had a Barbera, but it didn't quite hold up. Uh, I got I some sort of. I, I was kind of excited about that one. I was too. Actually, I've been holding it to drink with you. And, <laughs> but it was a. Uh, as I say, hold up's not the right it's word. M- more has been. Uh, no, it's my mute. fault. 100% my fault. Some of the wines in my collection were not stored properly when I lived in other places, but. 
it's a whole new day now. Yeah, no air conditioning next to the window and yeah, you know, <laughs> heated wall directly facing the sun. It doesn't. It doesn't mean it's not going to make some great short ribs this weekend, though. That is true. So, <laughs> <laughs> though I might not be a chef, I mean, I'm I'm still a pretty good cook. Actually, before one of our wine dinners, the head cheese wine dinner, I came to your house and cooked. That is true. Actually, I was really impressed by your cookbook collection. Oh, it's even gotten bigger. I need to get a bigger house. So, it was a mini library. It was, yeah. it was really impressive. I have three. <laughs> I, I don't have too many cookbooks. What's, what's a cookbook? The so, last time I counted, it was somewhere over 550. So, I know most of you Damn, chefs. Damn, you have an actual library. No, library. Actually, I have an actual yeah. library. No, it's, yeah. So, most chefs have cookbooks, but you're, you're, you're using it for inspiration. So, you'll often take five recipes and use those together in one recipe in your head. Like yeah, it's just, of course. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's inspiration. But what, what other, what cookbooks for someone like me would you recommend to be something cool to go buy? I got the SPQR book. That's one of my favorites, but Actually, it's really I love, difficult. I love the SPQR book. It's like, a little difficult for a, for a novice. Yeah, that's funny. Was, I've got the other one. That, was it A10? A16. 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 Yeah. And I've been, I was looking at Sean Brock's book. Sean Brock? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a great book. What about Chrissy Teigen? Oh my god, my, girlf- <laughs> my girlfriend got that for Christmas, and I was like, "That's actually hey, a cookbook." Do you, do you have that one? I do not have that. One. <laughs> Come on, it's Oprah recommended. <laughs> it's got to be good. <laughs> so, what are some other like really like good books out there that would be like that are inspirational? Like, which ones are the ones you kind of lean towards? He's like, uh, oh. I lean towards uh, me personally. I lean towards a lot of Mark Vetri books. It's a guy in uh, uh, Philadelphia. His pasta game is some of the best like pasta in, in the country by far. Mm. And like he's he's actually friends with Bianco. Like I went to a dinner with like that him and Bianco did, and I was like, dude, like your like your cookbooks are like the shit. Like that's the guy you get geeky for. You like that's the guy geeky for. Yeah, I've got a couple winemakers where like you run into some people and you're like, oh, okay, cool. But there's like two or three winemakers like, oh, you get that little star stuff oh, yeah. thing. I'm like, it's just, you know, it's just an awesome winemaker. So what are the cookbooks? I'm kind of curious because I'm, I'm, I'm actually doing this because I'm going to buy some. So I'm just going to buy whatever you're telling me. So. <laughs> and also, when's your cookbook coming out? <laughs> that, that was my next question. Not Rolling for a very for long time. Yeah. It's Why like not? retirement. I think you should. I think you should put out something. One, uh, one of these days I probably will. There's, there's something that the chefs here locally don't do enough of. When I go to New Mexico and I go to some of the restaurants for Santa Fe Wine and Chili Festival, some of those guys have cookbooks that are fantastic, that are good-looking books. When you go to California, once again, I have SPQR's book. He has H16's book. You know, why don't you do a, a cool one with, you know, kind of along those lines with the wines, too. I know you're a huge wine fan. Oh, like, yeah. You're, you're like me when it comes to food and wine or... You need both of them together. Oh, no, absolutely. Like, I love the way the SPQR book has wines of the region. It talks about the region. If yeah, you're it's doing... the same with A16, too. It's, yeah. It talks about the wines, like, tremendously. And I think that's a huge part of eating your... is wine. And the... Dude, you... it's one of the few things that just complement each other just so well. Oh, yeah. Know? Especially because you got to... It's one thing I try to get people to learn is when they come into my winery and they're you know, what pairs well with this? Like, should I have this cab with this steak or, you know, this thing? It's, it's kind of like, no, it's not necessarily that you have to have a cab or with a steak or something. It's more of like a specific style of wine with a specific style of food. Like if you're having really spicy food, it's great to have something kind of somewhat sweetish yep. to kind of mask that heat a little bit. Or if you have something real salty, tannin wines are great with that, kind of really accentuates the flavor. You know, and high acid wine and fat and oil just goes hand in oh, hand. Absolutely. 
I was actually talking about it today. Uh, we were tasting a uh, uh, rosé. Rosé goes great with a lot of with stuff. So much stuff, and uh, I was telling the guy from the winery, I was like, "Yeah, like I actually like instead of drinking a lot of red wines, I'll go to a rosé." Yeah, I was like, "I'll, I'll make a steak dinner with like a full steak dinner and drink Bandol." Yeah, well, of we were and we it's were Bandol too. Yeah, that's true, <laughs> yeah. and it's delicious. Like, uh, like who knew? Like, well, like, a lot of people don't understand. Like, ah, oh, like this is great seared smoky steak like with a a rosé is so freaking good plus the the downside is is you know and i'm guilty of it because i make one but a lot of people see pink and they immediately go oh that's gonna be sweet yeah yeah so unfortunately your brain all of a sudden just turns it off and now they set the bar so low that it's hard to bring it that high up and i mean we were having this conversation with james yesterday in champagne he did an all champagne dinner one time and champagne goes great with food but people just want to drink it without food they just drink it to you know celebrate something or it's the first thing before you go into a meal but it's great to pair it's great to pair with yeah absolutely especially something like fish Mm -hmm. we were dining at atlas bistro and we decided we were supposed to do a it was a cayenne cabernet old like peter michael yeah night yeah we ended up drinking champagne all night it was like first course champagne, <laughs> second course, all third. Night. <laughs> we just kept opening champagnes because it just worked with the food. It was just so perfect. We're like, why switch? Like, literally, yeah, it was course it, three it goes, when we actually it goes had great to... with fatty stuff. It goes great with lean stuff. Yeah. Like, there's do, so many. Do you have problems in your restaurant with your wine list? With because you push the limits with your cuisine, and you have pushed the limits with your wine list as well. In this valley, often. People will dumb down their wine list. Oh, you yeah, go for a lot of brand names. Yeah. It, it kills me. If you go to Portland, Oregon, it's very different. It's all it's about having a fun, geeky, cool yeah. wine list. You're going to look at that wine list and be like, all right, I recognize one varietal and it's Pinot Noir and it's because it's an Oregon wine and they have to have an Oregon <laughs> wine. Besides that, everything is like stuff you can't pronounce or it's something unique. Whereas you're one of the few people in town that does that on a regular basis and pushes Falanginas, Greco the Tufos. You know, Galliopos and just all the random yeah. fun Any, Italian anything wines. Anything that, like, like having a Riesling from Piedmont is... Did you talk about the Judy Viro by any yeah. chance? Dude, how good is that wine? It's so good. I just had that recently because we just got it in over at AZ Wines. Mm-hmm. And Todd poured it for me. He's like, you got to try this. And I'm like, a Riesling from Piedmont? Piedmont, they're this... amazing. Caviola Dude, made one. It was stunning. Ooh. Two years ago, he released his, his Riesling, dry Riesling from Piedmont. And it was Longe. Unbelievable. I can only yeah. imagine. I, I tried to get some, and they were like, "Nope." That's a, well. There's, there's it's just a tough. Se- it's a tough sell. It's a real tough sell. It took me a long time to sell it. That's that's the I can imagine. And I then actually, somebody from GD Buyer came in, and they're like, "How much of that do you got left?" I was like, "I got two bottles left." It's, they're like, "Well, we like, are drinking those tonight." See, see, <laughs> that's what's special about having those bottles on hand because you're gonna get the people that truly appreciate it. Oh yeah. That are then gonna tell their friends for years to come how amazing it was you had those wines. Sometimes it's it's got to be disheartening sitting on them and seeing them on your shelf going, man, why is no one ordering those? Every <laughs> so time you do inventory. I, I was like, like, it's funny watching, like, if you're in <laughs> South Scottsdale where all the like nice food is as you work your way towards North Scottsdale where all the chains are, you can slowly see Rombauer and Silver Oak getting onto the menu by the glass the farther you go into North Scottsdale. Oh, yeah. And then all the wine menus just become everything you already know just by being on the shelves of a Safeway or something like that versus, you know, like you guys... You can go in there and 90% of the menu might be something that most people haven't seen, which I guess on a server side could be fun because at least a server who knows wine could sit there and be like, listen, I'm telling you, this white wine goes great with this and it's similar-ish to like a Saw Blanc right. or a Pinot Grichard. 
and get people to try something brand spanking new. And then therefore you making the food could be like, this wine goes great with this. And you're not just like, well, I've got a name brand and they're going to drink it anyways with that big fat 30 ounce steak that they're spending $100 on up in North Scottsdale. I mean, I don't want to mention names, but what happened to us recently? We went out to dinner, we are looking at the wine, there's you and yeah, myself, and we yeah. could not find a wine to order. Dude, it, it was hard. It was difficult. We stretched. And- uh, it happens to me all the time. Like uh, when I go out to eat, I'm like, okay, like... Yeah. What, do, what do I want? Do I actually want wine? And or the, do I dude, want... Like, that, that whole menu was... And, and I'm not looking for... Whatever. Chocolina. Chocolatare. Is that chocolate wine? Get, get, give me one fun high-acid wine. Put some Gruner on your list. You know, put put something... If, if I'll order Pinot Grigio if it's a cool producer. Something fun. Something a little creamy. Oh, yeah, something that's... You know, there's there's even a mainstream varietal. I'll go down that path if Dude, you I'm give a huge me an option. Viognier fan. I don't see Viognier almost on any list out here. When I was no, with, absolutely not. No. Yeah. Or if they have it, it's it's a four year old vintage they've been sitting on, and, and they're it's like, toast. yeah. And it's from some producer you definitely don't want to drink that. From. Like, yeah. I don't know about this Lodi 08 Viognier. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if this. You is clearly went to wine well. warehouse a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, like actually, it's been kind of fun lately. In the past like six months, we I look at the list. I'm like, oh, that's been on the list for a long time. At least it's on like, the plus side, now you've got some aged wine for yourself if it doesn't ever move. Yeah, so like that's what I've been doing. I'm like, fuck it, let's pop that. Right. Yeah, and like there's been times I'm like, holy shit, like this is so good. Yeah. So did you see what uh, a local restaurant Cotton Copper is doing with their bottle program? I don't know if you saw this. I they just seen announced that yet. it. So they just announced that they're doing their, it's called their break-even bottle. And they're going to have a bottle, say, once every other week or once a month. It's, they're going to break even. It's something very high-end. If you brought in, say, a Pappy bottle, this will be their, they're going to advertise, advertise it as this is their break-even bottle. This is what we paid. This is the price per ounce. You get one pour per guest per visit, and you get, it's break-even. It's break-even, okay. But that's advertising. That's going to bring somebody in the door that is going to come there to drink, but they're going to stay and eat. Okay, but um, let me play devil's advocate here. You don't think that's going to bite them in the ass later down when people are like, wait a minute, I was here one day when this was $3, and now why am I paying 9 for it? But they yeah, that, they that, are, all, that all depends on their service staff. Yeah, and okay. they, they advertise it as the break-even bottle. I mean, it's, they just started this. They just announced it this week, and it was something that I shared on my social media because I was like, that is a great idea to bring people in. The, the ordinary person is going to have no idea. It was, I think it was a Japanese whiskey is what they were advertising. It's, it's, it's a great idea. So it's, is it like bottles that they're not going to bring back or... Okay, so that, that would make more sense. Like if it's something that they're not going like to like really it. ever have again, that makes it like if it was something that there's a staple on the menu or something. Yeah, like something like, like Pappy be, or these, these small yeah. batch limited edition. Right. This is a $300 bottle of whiskey that we probably shouldn't bring in anyways because it wouldn't sell, but we'll bring it in so you can buy it. Uh, okay. Uh, AZ88 used to do that back in the day with their Johnny Blue. They used to sell Johnny Blue at cost. Oh God! Yeah, uh, somewhere right time. now, my dad's ears just perked up on the other side of the city. <laughs> Literally, yeah. So we used to go there all the time and drink Johnny Blue because it was—I mean, I forget how much it was, but it was so cheap. We we're just like, oh my God, I can't get black at the bar next door for the price I'm drinking blue here. Like, why would I go next door? <laughs> like, there's so no. So somebody <laughs> like you know how uh, Postino does their five dollar, like before five or something like that for glasses of wine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, they used to have Perrier Jouet. On the menu, I'm like, so this is five dollars a glass. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Oh, 
Sweet. So <laughs> just I, keep it covered. <laughs> I, I one of my favorite ones was Cinnison Public House when it first opened, and they had all their new staff. So they, I think it was their soft opening. And at the end of the night, um, you know, we had cocktails and drinks, and uh, they had a. It was a thirty-year tawny port. Yeah, because it was. I remember it was a thirty-year tawny port, and it was like you know, like fifty bucks a glass or whatever it was. Anyway, so I was like, all right, you know, big night. There's ten of us. We're celebrating, whatever. Like, bring me a glass. Dude, she poured a full wine glass of this tawny and more. Not not a little port serving. Like, dude, she poured like a good two hundred dollars worth into my glass. And I watched her do it. And I'm looking and Brandon Casey was bartending with Richie and they both looked at her. They looked at me. They both laughed out loud and they were just like, oh, my God. All right. There's a blind spot we missed. We forgot to tell people not to pour a port like a wine. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just sitting there like, thanks, guys. Just pounding, <laughs> passing Suckers. it around the whole table like I can't finish that shit. <laughs> that was great. So you got any crazy uh, wine dinners, events, anything coming up that you're planning on doing? Uh, not yet. I'm trying to book some. Uh, you're probably trying to get through the the transition right now of changing the name and well, and like coming out of the slow season and after the new year, staff turnovers coming staff out of the turnover, season. Yeah, I mean, is that really a thing? Oh yeah. Well, it's like summertime. You mean, or like we're talking springtime? Do you close for the summer? Uh, two weeks every year for the the first two weeks of July. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. But staff turnover wise, what's like what's like a specific time and everybody's like, oh, the grass is greener at this other restaurant thing. October. <laughs> really? Yeah. October is my slowest month of the year, honestly. Really? So we have, our fall is really slow, so people just start to dip out. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, because I figured, you know, with all the, you know, more or less snowbirds coming back into town. Oh, like not for us. Yeah, it, I was going to say, do I, it just right then as I said that, I was like, yeah, but they're probably not there. But like your locals around, and then obviously people eat out more in November and December, but now that we have Barrett-Jackson's and the golf tournament, it's got to be slam busy, I'm imagining. Well, having such a small restaurant, too, it doesn't take a ton to be busy, but it also doesn't take a lot to be slow. Right. When, when, when you're a restaurant that has a, a, a hundred tables and you have... 10, you know, there's only say, you know, 10 open tables or there's, you know, the way, the way your restaurant is set up, it's, it's very easy for you not to be busy. And it's weird to say that, but that's that's the problem you have with small restaurants. It's easy to fill you up, but it's also very easy for you to look dead. Oh, it's so easy. You know, whereas that's the weird, like the weird thing is like everyone wants to eat at the same time. So it feels like. People oh. walk in like three minutes after we open. They're like, why is it so quiet in here? Like, well, we've only was, been open for three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was like, I used, to, I used to work at Frazier's. That was my first bartending job back in like 07 or whatever. And uh, the bar would be slam packed because it was like the industry bar at the time. Now it feels more like evil might be. But uh, the restaurant was dead and the servers would just like have that sullen look on their face in the corner. But we were killing it because, you know, the bar was just slam packed. Oh, yeah. Everybody was drinking. <laughs> we used to go there after work. Yeah, don't worry. I'm pretty sure everybody went after. <laughs> Dude, all the strippers across the street, down the street, oh, and around God. the corner went there after Everybody work. went to Frasers. Everybody went to Frasers. <laughs> Those wings God, were so good. I was the best 19, uh, I was 19 but, years old. Best job ever was delivering food to the strip club right across the street. I got it. Yeah. But, but, John, can you run this across? The, wait, where'd he go? Oh, he's already left? Okay. That's something I was used to say is this restaurant didn't have enough of is restaurants to take care of the serving staff. We were talking about how this Valley has more servers and service industry people than probably pretty much any other major city out there. We survive in the restaurant business. Oh, Our, yeah. The so service industry service here is industry. huge. It's, it's really large. When everyone gets off from work, where do we go? 
back in the day, we talked, there's Frasers, and then Old Town became Evo for, like, that was, like, the spot. But what was the place to go? There's, like, right now in the Valley, there's, I don't, there's not a ton of places to get good food and good cocktails later. There's a handful of them, but I'd always... Ex- uh, many. Well, let me also say, I mean, for do you ever notice how spread out everything is in this that's city? A, well, that's that, the biggest problem. That's a huge problem. It's not concentrated, really. That's, I think that's honestly one of the biggest problems with this city, is how spread out it is. Yeah, because, I mean, I have people who, ha- like, they work in Chandler, and the whole Chanhattan Rising thing, and but they live up here in Arcadia. I'm like, dude, that's like a 30-minute drive. Are you going to stay down there and drink, or are you going to come back here? And, of course, most Everybody's of them don't say here. they come back in this area. Yep. And then by the time they get up here, they're like, ugh, I'm tired. I'm just going to go to bed or yep. something. And then Chandler's dead by that point in time. But if you're living in, you know, Chandler or Arcadia Light and you're working in Old Town, like, yeah, everything's so spread out. Whereas in New York City, everything's within three miles. Or San Francisco. Like, like every neighborhood's got something. Yeah. Also, there's like a thousand people within one square block of each other. I'm, and nobody cooks there. I'm so <laughs> Yeah. They don't have a kitchen where they're most likely living too in some places. I'm really optimistic where this valley is going to go in the next two or three years. Like, as far as the cuisine, the food, the chefs, the. I really. I, It'll definitely have a resurgence here pretty soon. So. We, we always seem to take a couple steps forward and a couple steps back. Yeah. You know, it was really unfortunate to lose, like. Cashmere's and Cowboy Chow just because it was such a wine institution in this valley. No, it really was. But it's also going to fill a void because that was a place where a lot of servers went when they got off from work. They went and had bottles of wine there. Oh, yeah. You know? Is there is there like a food, not a food scene, what am I looking for? Like a, like when you think of certain areas, you think of certain styles of food. Does Arizona have that style? We got ta- Taco like, Road. <laughs> the Taco Trail. I, does, <laughs> right here. does anybody else in this country have Ertos? Because we got all the Ertos out here. Uh, we got all of them. Julio, <laughs> Alberto, Philly, Philly, Philly. yeah, <laughs> we got all. But no, them. like, is there like if people, and, and I think obviously at some point in time, if somebody gets that James Beard, or I don't know if Michelin stars even happen out here, but if somebody hits something that big and people does, go, oh wow, out here. man, Arizona's got a good food scene, it blows up. What would be like a cuisine? Like, are we steak driven, vegetable driven? If you could grow stuff out here, like, what's the? Oh shit, that's Arizona cuisine. Because well, my, in my mind, uh, yeah, I'm thinking Mexican food and Chipotle because there's one in every corner at this Well, point. that is actually a, a huge food trend they're talking about for 2019 is the South American cuisine. There's a big influx of South American chefs coming to the United States right now. So they're saying that in the next year, like, like 2019 is going to be very big on Latin cuisine. This, Thank God we need to be. This is, <laughs> oh, God. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but but we're we're also in Arizona, so it's already here. But in other parts of the country too. Um, I, mean, I mean, but oddly enough, we're known for pizza. Yeah, I'm I'm still convinced that in the '60s, every mafia person who ratted on each other ended up in Phoenix. That's it. It was all the same. Oh, no, I'm a hundred percent convinced of that. that there were so happened. many good family Italian restaurants it for a would, while. They should have just renamed it from witness relocation to Arizona relocation. Because yeah. they just moved them all out here. Hey Sammy, who'd you read on? Oh, Billy. Oh, Billy's mom's down the street. Go say hi. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you ever see My Blue Heaven? Yes. I was gonna say that. <laughs> yes. What he's like, you're not alone. And he goes to brunch. And he's like, I was your pulp bearer. <laughs> <laughs> That movie is hilarious. That movie is hilarious. And I guarantee at least one of those guys lives out here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like the guy, yeah. So, Sun City is nothing but people wearing sandals and old mafia people at this point. So what do you think of this uh, Barolo? It's pretty damn tasty. I mean, you know I'm a Barolo junkie. That's my... That's yeah, my you know I am, th- too. That's my jam. Mm, Kenobi. 
<laughs> oh, dude, I have so many Kenobi saved up. I can't wait to open all yeah, those. Yeah, we're going to have some fun Kenobi episodes over the years. Oh, yeah. We, we've set certain milestone episodes. So, like, one a of the Kenobi next episodes, be... you just got to let me know about that one. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we might just do a dinner. Like, what we want to do is, we want to do like an actual. Is that a horrible idea? We want to do an actually collaboration dinner at some point with a chef where we, you know, we're going to build up quite a following, I think, with this around town and also. And just do something fun. Do it's, like a collaboration, spilling the truth, restaurant, wine dinner. It's one thing that we keep rattling around a lot is every single time we have like our own conversations, even with like a couple guests, it's, dude, dinners are the, like, the funnest way to bring people to A, not only try your food, but show, hey, listen, you're used to having a steak and cab. Well, try this awesome beef with this Barolo yeah. and it's going to blow your mind. And we figure once we get to enough like people in time, we'll just start hitting some awesome restaurants. We'll be like, check this out. And we'll be like, we'll pair these wines with it and do a Spilling the Truth dinner with Italian cuisine or a whole champagne night, a whole Barolo or a whole bee night, Barolo, Barbarasco and Brunello night. <laughs> That'd be actually kind of nothing, fun. Nothing Ma- wrong with that. The Imagine, B night beef, Barolo. What, what if we? Yeah. What if we did like a, a night where every, everything begins with letter B? We do Bronzino. You could yep. do. Don't do bruschetta. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but you could do burrata. The pig butt. We, yes. Butt. We could definitely do some butt. <laughs> we could, oh, we can definitely do some butt. <laughs> this, this could be a lot of butt. <laughs> so, what what is your favorite part of the pig to cook? And because I, I, I think of you, honestly, I know your restaurants go crudo, but I think of you as like the pig chef. I don't know how, like, I don't, not, that sounds weird to say, but. Damn, man, that was pretty brutal. <laughs> no, like, like, you're the, like, you're like the, okay, if, if, if Charlene is the veggie whisperer, you're the pig whisperer. <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing the deliverance theme song in the back of my head right now. Or sorry, Chingali whisperer. We'll go Italian. <laughs> That's wild boar, but. Uh, actually, I love gel. I love cooking gel. And actually, I love cooking butt, too. I'm a butt man. But it, it, not in, like, the braising way. Like, if you cut steaks of it off and get a really hot grill and just grill the shit out of it. I have never done and that. And then, like, slice it up. It's delicious. The f- but the fat doesn't really render it as well, does it? Does this, is it still kind of tough? If you do it, or? No, it's so tender, actually. I guess, why am I arguing with a chef? But you have to... Have to, have to kind of <laughs> what the fuck am I thinking? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think I've been drinking. <laughs> Are you sure you're doing it right? I know you've been doing it for 20 years, but... Just give me that look sure like this? I've never heard about this. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've been working out. My ass is so tight. I know it'd be tender. I, I tried to argue with a, a cop once. John gave me a look. That was the same look oh he just gave me God, right that now. Oh, my God. That was the best... <laughs> That was the but, best time I've ever seen a cop dip his head below a windshield and just stare so intently at somebody like, really? Yeah, I just tried to argue with a chef about how to cook pork butt. <laughs> the, the, the pork whisperer over here. <laughs> Excellent. I, I don't know how many nicknames I can come up with you for I can't you tonight. wait to have some winemakers on here, and you're like, well, maybe you should make it this way. <laughs> <laughs> so have you ever done like... Any cocktail pairings like at your restaurant or mostly wine pairings? Have you done actual like cocktail, full cocktail dinners? Yeah, uh, we've done a bunch of cocktail dinners, uh, a lot of bourbon dinners. My favorite was always with uh, tequila. Mezcal. Yeah, I love mezcal. Always, like some of my favorite dinners have been with uh, Fortaleza tequila. Ooh, Fortaleza is really, really it's good. It's so good. See, I don't think people think of cocktails going with dinner as much as wine. Just like I've had, it's rough. Yeah. I've had talks with people about beer. Chefs love doing beer dinners because they say beer is the easiest thing to pair. 
Like beer is pretty easy to pair. But I'm like, not a big beer drinker either. So you ever had I, a, you ever had a beer with food you didn't like? Like well, they, just, they always work. Yeah, if it's cold and <laughs> it's yeah, cold, it tastes like beer. Like, okay. Like, I imagine most people though think when they're thinking they're drinking a beer, they're not thinking of it like with the dinner like that we think of. You know, like whether it's fish or steak, they're thinking you know chicken wings, nachos, like beer or excuse me, bar food. Yeah, but sometimes it's fun to play with that too. So like, it's really fun to play with like do like upscale bar food and okay, yeah. yeah. And like a really cool beer taste. Yeah, it's do amazing. Like a, do like a beers. whole like duck leg comfy, like Ooh, buffalo style. That's speak my language. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was actually in the article I just read about food trends of 2019. They said that's the next bit or the thing that's going to continue is higher end ingredients used in bar cuisine. The the gastro pub kind yeah. of thing or not higher end ingredients, but like using quality ingredients in bar food and having this casual atmosphere. Right. You know, I... I enjoy your restaurant. I rarely ever sit in the restaurant. I'm a bar person. I enjoy the feel of your bar. Like yeah. it really has a good, comfortable feel when you're in there. Yeah. With the chairs, the yeah. layout, and all of that. And putting out a good cuisine in a bar is really, I think, where a lot of the country is going right now. Oh no, absolutely. That that stuffy sit down steakhouse with the the sprig of parsley on the side and the scoop of mashed potatoes. That's just <laughs> done. Like what was the big one? Big Steakhouse here just closed. Like, oh, you talk about Donovan's? Yeah. yeah. Donovan's is closed? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think that's just, it's going away. It's going away with that generation. You know what I feel bad for and I think is going next might be like a Don and Charlie's because I went into oh, a Don are... and Charlie's recently and it's got that real old feel. Like It feels like people who were 40 and 50 with money went there and now they're all in their 80s and 90s and you're like, oh, Well, they, they right. just actually sold the property. Did they? Uh-huh. Right. They're going to they... tear it down. Yeah. I just want the baseballs. I want the memorabilia. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know where all that's, that's going. No, that guy's, that re- he's going to retire on all that. Oh, yeah. He's, he's old. Yeah. That's, that's like baseball Hall of Fame stuff right there that he has. He has more autographs than probably that's most people in the West Coast. That's an old school thing. All those places you go into where it's, everything was autographed. Pictures of the people who came in, the baseballs, the bats, all that kind of, Like, look who's sitting at our booth, and they took a picture and threw it up on their wall. Now it's Facebook and Instagram. There's no point yeah. putting it on your wall. There's a few places that still do it, but yeah, you're right. That's kind of gone away the the going to Rayos and seeing all the old you know politicians and actors like with the chef the booths with like the yeah. dark wood and the kind of like not real smoky atmosphere yeah. Yeah. like you go in the teepee and you're like holy yeah, shit how many, pre- how many presidents have eaten here yeah dude I love the teepee dude I, I grew too. up on the teepee I love TP. I just ate there the other day it's funny I, <laughs> <laughs> it's great I, uh, I learned there was a second one Maybe six months ago, I was doing a wine festival downtown. I drove by. I was like, "Oh, they opened up a new teepee down here." My dad's like, "You're retarded. We've been here twice before. <laughs> it's been here for like twenty years." Actually, I didn't even know. You about need that. to stop drinking. <laughs> well, like, all right, cool, good to know. Thanks. I mean, that's the other thing is we have such amazing, iconic local places. They've been here for a lot. Places like Teepee's been here for a long time. It's Dude, the dirty long drummers. Time. All, but all the dirty drummers are gone now. Officially, Los Dos Milinos. Yeah. Been here for Most a long, quite a long time. Bianco's iconic for what we are. Bianco's been here for a long time. My, my family came to town. I'm like, there's a couple places you gotta come. Like, I gotta take you to Bianco's. I gotta take you. There's a few places that. How long has Bianco's been around now? Oh jeez, I've heard about it forever. At and least honest 20 God, years. I've never yeah. eaten there. At least, I've never eaten there one time. Just because every time I went, it's like, yeah, it'll be a four hour wait. <laughs> That's why I go to the 20th Street one. It's the only one you can get in. I love that one. Yeah, we and there's parking. I'm also big on parking in a restaurant. We did that wine dinner there too. That one time you had it, I did do. Yeah, yeah, I did. Chris Bianco had like never done a wine dinner, like an actual like full I cooking think he did dinner. And I did uh, the same series I did with you. I did with him. Oh yeah, at the 20th Street location, 
And he actually cooked like his family's pasta recipe, and he did like short rib or uh, it was some uh, yeah, we had like shredded beef. Yeah, that's just some of the best stuff right there. Yeah, he's like he was ha- so happy not to cook pizza. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, which yeah. is funny because when we went there, people were expecting pizza, and there wasn't one to be seen. Brandon Casey, yeah, he was so upset. He goes, I he goes, I've lived in this valley for all these years. I've always wanted to go to Bianco. I'm gonna leave Bianco's, and I didn't have pizza. And he didn't have pizza. <laughs> that's well, like, like that's just like order le- one. That's <laughs> like leaving your restaurant and not having like. Crudo or having a por- any pork product. <laughs> Honestly, Do you though, have French fries. <laughs> for you though, it, it was squid ink risotto. When I think you, that's what I think of. That's your has always been for me your iconic dish. When yeah. I think of you, I know your crudo has been your thing. And I always there was a yellowtail dish with black garlic and apple. Oh, I that think. was uh, albacore. Albac- that was also one of my favorite dishes of all time. When I explain crudo to people, what it is, I describe. I'm like, oh, it's sushi with this dish. They're like, ah, it doesn't sound all that good. I'm like. Then I describe that dish, and they go, now I understand. There, there's wine in that bottle. Thank God. <laughs> if, if not, I, I have a case of Amaro in the back room, If like, regardless. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Tell them where I got some, I got some. I got some Malort. It's on the ground somewhere out here. I'll strip that beard right off your face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody's opposed to Malort. You know that's bad when you take a sip of it, and it's like dribbling down your chin, oh, and all of a sudden the beard starts turning like gray. I'm <laughs> <laughs> trying to be so quiet. <laughs> Oh, dude, you could go ahead and talk in the background, but it's fine. You can laugh out loud. I see you trying to stifle a laugh or two. It's funny. I've had this bar in this house forever. I've had liquor bottles that go back a long time. Like my scotch bottles, they might have been 12 year old scotches, but now they're 25 because I've had them for 15 years. You oh, own a best. scotch? Yeah, I got some back there. No. What? Oh, no, they're mostly Armagnacs and Cognacs. And you get the Bookers is the only one I've seen. Uh, yeah, I got some really good Armagnacs and Cognacs back there. Oh, that's there. right. I remember because we I got- stuffed it all into that cabinet that the old house. <laughs> And nobody ever went in there except for the uh, Amaro, the Sabona. Yep. Yeah. But I got a full case of, you ever had real Sambuca? And I mean real, like Italian Sambuca, not Molinari, whatever the the syrupy stuff is. No, I've never never had real Sambuca. So when we leave tonight, I'm going to send you home with some some Sambuca. You can't buy it. So I have extra. So now I'm not going to drink it. Well, I wasn't yeah, planning prepare. on buying it. Remember, <laughs> now, now when you drink it, make sure you're watching a UFC fight to balance it out. It's potent. It's, it is, but it's different because it doesn't have that high fructose corn syrupy characteristic. That's one of the, the things I don't like about it. It's naturally. So syrupy. Yeah. Yeah. So we were representing this house, and they had sent us a number of cases of product, and I happened to have them here. That there's no way I'm going to drink a full case of Sambuca, <laughs> and I have a full case of Amaro, and I have a full case of a couple other things. So we can definitely send you home with some products. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just well, trying, I, am I'm, a, I am an Amaro freak. I'm so. just trying to work out a deal for some squid ink risotto in the future. Hey, you can have as much is, squid ink risotto hey, as you is want. That, that's still on the menu. Yeah, we actually just put it back on. Good. I'm glad. That's that. I feel like you. Every restaurant needs to have that one iconic dish. I know something. You have to change things up. However, when people think of you, that's kind of the your dish right now. Well, it was so difficult because I put a really good uh, uh, sea urchin risotto on. But if I wasn't making it, uni. Yeah, (laughs) if I wasn't making it, somehow it just never came out right. (laughs) Understandable. I mean, is that, a ser- actually- is that a real problem you have? Like, where you make it, you nail it, you hit it, and all of a sudden everybody, like, your yeah, shoe it's, just it's a huge problem. Getting, is it okay? I was wondering because every now and then, like, I, you go to like a restaurant and you know, you go to the small ones and it's made the same because the chef's making all of it, but then right. you get a big one, all of a sudden you go, I thought it doesn't taste the same as last time I was here. 
And some of those dishes, like that one, the the squid, uh, the, the sea urchin risotto, was so delicate that it needed to be balanced like perfectly. Uh, okay. That, that something like squid ink risotto, though, that's all about temperature, timing. Yes. Like that's not something you could just show somebody and they can do. You have to work on that. Actually, it's really hard to find somebody to do a good risotto. Oh, it's the one dish I won't cook. <laughs> When I go to restaurants, I'll order risotto and I order duck because of the two things I do not make at home ever. I order somewhere else. But risotto, for some reason, you need to just show me sometime how to make risotto. I'll show you. I love making risotto. I'm just horrible at it. Like, I've just never really been taught it. I think actually we had this discussion when I did chimichurri the night when we were discussing head oh, cheese. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, so, I'll, I'll, show, I'll show you how to do risotto. It's, so, it's, it's time I feel consuming. Like, it's tricky, but. So he'll uh, back me up on this. How often does a wine salesman show up to a chef owner's house to cook him dinner to plan to do a wine dinner with the chef. Because I came to your house, we drank all the wines for the wine dinner, and I made... Sure chi- that's never ever happened other than you. I made chimichurri... <laughs> I remember, I made chimichurri that steak. That sounds about yep. right. <laughs> so I made chimichurri steak, and then we opened every wine yep. that we were using for the dinner, and then we planned the dinner based on drinking the wines that night and going, ooh, this should be with this kind of dish. Oh, this could be with that kind of dish. Knowing how much you drank, I'm amazing you pulled all this off. (laughs) Well, you went to the dinner. That's true. So I didn't pull anything off. To be fair. (laughs) I made Jimmy Churry and got drunk with him, and he did all the work. To be fair, I really don't remember the dinner that much. (laughs) That's a good night, though. And it wasn't that it was Mm -hmm. a bad dinner. It was we drank a lot of wine. (laughs) Actually, it was the the cocktails at the end of the night that actually probably sealed that deal. No. That'll push you over the edge I remember there was a... it's it's when you get like a real good... I'm a big Manhattan person and Negronis, and I know I had a few of those at the end. He did a... uh, At the restaurant, they did a Mezcal Montenegro drink at that night. And it was like a magical pairing together, like putting an Amaro with the Mezcal. Mezcal. God, it's just so good. I recently discovered how much I love real aged rum in a Manhattan instead of using, was it bourbon or rye Rye. for it? Yeah. Rye. I had somebody's like, you got to try a real aged rum in it, dude. It was, it honestly was kind of like, wow, that is something super unique and drunk. And then Brandon Casey and I, one time we're actually sitting over at the yard and this guy walks up and goes, I'll get a Manhattan, but can you use vodka? And we just both stared (laughs) at the guy like, what? <laughs> Even the bartender <laughs> stared intently through this, per- like through this person, like they didn't exist. Get out of my like, bar. Uh, I guess. <laughs> Everybody's got a crazy. I'm sure you guys have gotten tickets into the kitchen before, where you see like the modifications, <laughs> oh, yeah, all the and you're just like, really? Can I get ketchup on really? the side of my sashimi over I, here? I had these two ladies walk in one night, and they ordered. Two O'Douls and two shots of tequila. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. Not kidding. I was just like, wait, wait, what? Well, they wanted to taste like beer. Uh, well, they, 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 were like, they, they wanted to have some drinks, but they didn't want to get too drunk, so they were trying to leverage it. Wow, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a great. That's actually probably one of, the, one of the better ones that I've heard. That was definitely one of the more unique ones I got one night. I want to like, do that huh. now, just next I was time I go so to the bar. Sh- we should almost do that just to see the sh- look on someone's face. Yeah. Just to see sh- the shock. All right. So, how <laughs> do these things transport really well? <laughs> just sit at a We're, bar and bring it. Dude, we could do it. Absolutely. I'm going to get a case. We're going to make these transportable. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> We're talking about the mics, by the way. Yeah. Well, we want to. We, we're just taking People this whole. Like, what? No, we're talking this whole party. We're gonna take this whole party on the road. I know there's a bar really close to here somewhere. We'll just yeah. We're just gonna like put it on our phone, screenshot us. Do as you we have go. Yeah, we'll have a round of those and a round of tequila, whatever silver. 
just the worst one we could buy. Excuse me, do you have bottom shelf mezcal? And is there a worm in there, please? <laughs> <laughs> Was it? It's not mezcal that has the worm in naturally, yeah, is it? Actually, it it's is, not, yeah. yeah. But those are the cheap ones. It's not supposed to be in there. It's a shit gimmick. Have you ever had pachuga mezcal? Yes. Okay. I had it one time, and I was like, wow, that's it's good. Like It was really good, and I thought it was cool. And then they told me how they made it, and it absolutely blew my mind. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, it's actually one of my favorite uh, mezcals. Really? Because does anybody distribute that out here? Or is there any way to get one out oh, here? Oh, yeah. There's, uh, what, like probably like three or four in the market? You ball. Uh, Are these the ones with the worms? Like, yeah, what's... Yeah, yeah. No, so Pachuga Mezcal uh, is, uh, while they're thinking about it, yeah. is... Um, uh, Vago. Vago, yeah. Sorry, Vago. I, I got to yeah. have somebody try one with these. So Pachuga Mezcal is, they make it the same process, except they take a chicken, defeather it, you know, I, I'm assuming they de-gut it, maybe. Yeah, I think kinda. it's it's mainly with Go chicken ahead, skin. It to them. Yeah, they hang like the chicken in the pot still, basically, yeah. as it like you know evaporates. Basically, that's crazy that somebody was like, "I got an idea. We're gonna cook this chicken at the same time we make our mezcal." And oh, by the way, it accidentally made a really good drink because that's the only way that happened. There is no rhyme or reason to stuff a chicken into a pot still. I think every one of these crazy cocktails, liquors, instruments, they all come from drinking. Like someone's like, hey, I bet you can't make an instrument out of that goat. You're like, hold my beer. <laughs> like, <laughs> I Step aside. Guarantee. Bet you can't cook that. Hey, listen, oh, I know off. we got... Hold my beer. <laughs> we ate all the meat off that lamb. I bet you can't make something out of that. Have you heard of foie gras? Yeah. Nope, I got this. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to cook the head. That sounds gross. It's called head cheese. Oh, it sounds wonderful now. <laughs> hey, Mike, you think that duck's really good? Well, look how fat mine is. I've been stuffing this thing, and we're going to eat liver later on. <laughs> that happened when I took this very simple girl one time to a wine dinner like she was very simple not as simple in looking not, as in or thought not, not, not super cultured with cuisine and we had sweetbreads and Actually, I, I was gonna bring up sweetbreads and i remember that her, and when they came out and described <laughs> them they on. said they said oh the lamb sweetbreads and we just moved on and i didn't describe them and at the end of the dinner everyone's like so what's your favorite dish she goes oh the lamb dish was my favorite and i go we didn't have lamb she goes yeah that third course the lamb um with the bread I'm glad you enjoyed it. I just, <laughs> just left it. No one say a word. But as a, that's got to be one of your favorite things to cook too, right? Oh, I love sweetbreads. But I mean, that's happened to me before too. Like I, I, I've had customers go, is this beet? <laughs> like, yeah. I thought it was a cinnamon roll. <laughs> uh, sure. I no, will it's say. It's definitely not that. I hope you continue to really just push the limits with cuisine in this valley. This valley needs more chefs like you that... And more restaurants like your restaurant that don't settle. They don't dumb stuff down. They don't take, they just say, you know what? I'm going to do what I want to do. Like, no one else is doing this. And we need more people like you. We have you way know? too and, many chains out here. Oh, yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. It's amazing where, I mean, I guess just because the way the city crops up, but, you know, I have friends that live down in Chandler and all of a sudden you start getting off the freeway and it's just chain after chain after chain after chain. Are you really drinking the cooked Barbera? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Right, now oh I have to try my it. God. <laughs> I now I like have to try it because this, it is, this is a memory for me too. I hope you like soy sauce or teriyaki. I hope the kitchen was really hot the night you used it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it actually uh, is not tasting as bad as it smells. You, sir, are Now that it's blown off a little bit. <laughs> It tastes That's, great if it's 120 degrees outside and this is ex what you were expecting to drink. What's funny is I'm thinking, I'm like, it's there. It's just over the cliff. It's 
over the cliff. It fell off the cliff and splattered yeah, on the ground. About a year ago, it was probably drinking still good. Oh, yeah. It's so close. It's it's on its way down. It's rolling. It's, it's on its way down. This too. Yeah, it's just it's, <laughs> I got them all drinking it now. <laughs> it, it smells like a dying animal farted into my glass. <laughs> kind of looks like it too. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's all cloudy and. Oh, I'm glad he's getting some on this too. Awesome. Uh, it really always amazes me though that a wine ten years later can hold up. If there was any other liquid in this glass ten years later, you'd be like, no. If I'm like, here, drink this orange juice ten years later. Drink this beer 10 years later. Drink anything. You're like, unless it's like a spirit, like hard alcohol, but really there's nothing you want to... But it stays the same at least. Like, at least Speaking like, of which, have you ever had age for net? Like in the bottle age for net? Or like there's like in the che- bottle age They're like cheersing. Like, they, like literally, they Dude, they literally had had, they, had they looked like Eskimo brothers when they just like <laughs> fucking looked in each other's they eyes. They stared into each other's <laughs> eyes. <laughs> Thought oh, went through and like... Do you have age for net? I had her. I had it too. <laughs> you literally we, we, have a, we have a bottle at the uh, at the restaurant. I'm very curious. So is it just aged in extra oak barrels? Like is it... No, it's like it, it changes in the bottle over years. Really? Yeah. So oh, wow, so it actually can be treated like a wine, basically. Yeah, absolutely. And it's oh, not okay. it's not Fernet the 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 normal label. Is it a, another label of it? It's just an old label. Okay. It's uh, we have a bottle from the forties. Because Fernet is actually Holy a crap. a type, right? Other yes. people make Fernets. There's yeah, a there, number there's of, a lot Fernets of Fernets out yeah. there, but there's one we all know that we recognize the label of. And it's yeah. funny you say the Fernet thing. So I have a friend. My dad's a huge Johnny Walker person. Like that's his go-to everything. And now that he's older, all of his friends are giving him, you know, the blues and the platinum right. and stuff. So for like his birthday, I gave him a couple blues and stuff. And uh, a buddy of ours went to, um, it was Joe, by the way, he went to like Barbados or something a long time ago. And uh, he bought something from the duty free. And he's pretty convinced he bought this in like the late eighties or early nineties. <laughs> so he brings the bottle cause he's not, he doesn't drink liquor like at all. It's just strictly wine and stouts and that's it. So he gives a bottle to my dad. And I mean, it's an old bottle. Like, it looks like it's handwritten. It's shorter. It's a different color. It's clearly from a different time. So we tried the new blue um, and side by side by the other one. And they're not even remotely close to being the same Oh, thing. no, absolutely not. The Johnny Blue from the old days, also like 45, 47% alcohol. It's super concentrated. And it's just vastly different. What is that? Is that a Fernet? We just slapped another bottle on the table, by the way, for everybody listening. Because oh, why not? Because this Barbera is like drinking uh, alcoholic teriyaki sauce right now. It actually kind of is. Which, by the way, who knows? Maybe like it smells like pasta, like raw pasta almost. We're going to use pint glasses. It's not like we don't have 17 <laughs> other glasses on the table. <laughs> the funny thing is, in my house, I have like 40 different types of wine glasses. But I have two oh God, rocks glasses like in the entire house. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. No, but it's, I'm actually kind of curious because this is a Amaro you guys have never even heard of, seen, nope. nothing. You actually can't buy it. So, Oh, dude, I have a couple of those in the freezer you gave me. Those are actually yeah. really good. Yeah, it's 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 a unique one. No, you know what's cheers. funny is so Sarah, my, my girlfriend does not drink like literally at all. The only thing she loves to drink is tequila and Fernet. She's obsessed with Fernet. Every time we go out and eat, she always takes a Fernet shot. Perfect. But I, then we went to... Smart uh, girl. Uh, Fat Ox. Uh, Fat Ox has like an Amaro list. Yeah. Um, but we had the one that's like basically motor oil. <laughs> I don't know which one that was. Malort. Was that right? <laughs> it might have been, dude. It was so dark and syrupy coming out. And she took one sip of that and looked at me and she's like, no fucking way. I'm not this. <laughs> so she got her shot of Fernet. Also, by the way, turns out they're like $20 shots at Fat Ox too. Yeah, it's just a little <laughs> pricey a, there. That was a surprise on the bill. I actually remember that. Yeah, it was, it was regular Fernet. Was like twenty dollars a shot. 
This oh is so God. weird because this is that's a what lot, it costs a bottle. Like yeah, so but th th that to me is unfortunate. That's why I was going back to this whole cotton and copper thing. How it's great that they're doing something. Right. Like you've done this at your restaurant where you've done you know your polenta boards. That deal was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, things to bring people in your restaurant is really really smart. I always said. When I talk, well, it's, it's, sometimes it's about the locals. It's, you know, sometimes it's about the neighborhood. Like you know, we wanted everybody to feel comfortable coming in and just like chilling out, and you don't have to spend a ton of money. It's like just come in and hang out. Yeah, that's one thing that's nice about your menu. It's not pricey. Yeah, like there's some places where if they were doing what you were doing, especially if it's in North Scottsdale, it'd be twice the price. Oh and god, yeah. So your menu, your menu is a little different the way you organize it and lay it out. Um, just a little bit. So. <laughs> But really, nobody else in the valley is doing your type of menu. Like your oh, no. menu is not—it's not an appetizer, entree, dessert. It's not like that oh, at no, all. No. These guys are so—they're geeking out on this Amaro right now. Dude, it smells like something that Five I'm Gum totally would invent. This. this Amaro is delicious. These are actually the same people that make the Sambuca that I have, like that I'll send you guys out with. There's another one too, isn't there? Or is that it? it's just those two? It, it it yeah, it's it's really minty, really menthol-y. peppermint, yeah. But it's not as hot as some of the other ones that I've had and it's not syrupy at all. It's not syrupy. Yeah, 30%. Well, that's good. I know. I said, come over, drink some wine for the podcast. Now we're on tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I should have. happen. I had to have expected it. Like, I should have just had that bottle chilled in the fridge and ready to go. I feel like... Well, you're just the I, worst host ever. I feel like... We didn't even give him a green room spot. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't fill out the Tinder. Yeah. The, the last guy didn't either. <laughs> He was upset that I didn't have like what's it? Well, that, next fried time chicken to, in the like, green room. Nuke some hot dogs and leave out some relish for him. <laughs> little Smokies. Little, little Smokies. <laughs> so, do you like uh, pigs in a blanket? Because we could do that real quick. <laughs> so, are you still doing the smoked olives? Yes. That Ooh. is the one dish that another, along with your risotto, it's the one dish I tell people about all the time is the smoked olives, and they're freaking addicting. You can't have just one. No, you can't. Like you can't have two. You can't <laughs> like, have ten. <laughs> they really are. I mean, they're unbelievably good. Like they're the large olives, like the big green ones. Like real olives. They're like, yeah, they're they're called Salpetrano olives. Yes. So they're kind of fruity, so it picks up the smoke just like perfectly. It's how not you, too salty. How do you smoke it? Just on the smoker for forty five minutes. So actually now that you said the salty thing, I want to bring something back to you you said in the beginning of the podcast, because this kind of blew my mind a little bit. There's different salts, and I'm not talking like I know Himalayan salt and regular salt, but like there's like actually like salty, like I wouldn't use this, but this one's a better salt. Oh, no, absolutely. Really? Like what's like a real, that's like your high end, that's a good salt or versus like the Mortons that every single person owns in their house kind of a thing. Well, I mean, there's, and even some salts, like we use a lot of uh, uh, Malden, but the flakes are huge. So that works well for like some. Pebbly, I guess. Would, like not like, I'm not thinking like, like big pebbles, but like they're kind of chunky. They're, they're like flaky. Oh, okay. Fish, they're really like large. Fish and, flakes? Almost, yeah. Kind of ish, or like, they're like, like they're scaly. scaly. They're, yeah, they're big and flaky, and they have like a little crunch to them. So like that works well for certain things. And like Fleur de Sol is like a little finer, and just like a little like lighter in flavor. That's good. I didn't realize there was like different styles or oh, yeah. taste of salt. Like I obviously, like I was saying, like the Himalayan thing. I was at one place and they had a black salt, and I didn't know what it was. But um, oh yeah, the black uh, black Himalayan salt. Yeah, that was at Nona, and honestly, because he had his. You know, like razor thin shashimi yellow tuna. Actually, one of the dudes he worked with was out in um, Beverly Hills or the Hollywood area. So he came out and it was this Japanese guy and they did an entire brunch of all sushi plates. So they had nice. 12 plates. 
um, and 12 sushi rolls. And Sarah and I ate brunch over at Hula's because, you know, why not? <laughs> and then we walked past it and they were like, oh, yeah, he's only here for the day. He just, we spent like, I'm not kidding, like $150. We went through almost every plate. It was seriously some of the best fish I think I had ever had at the time. And the dude was sitting there with a razor blade slicing like these things off of it and just the the vinaigrette he was making right on the spot and the Those fresh are some food. of my favorite things. And it was so good. Like everything went perfectly well with each other. And that was the first time <coughs> I had like a Himalayan salt and a black salt and they were very big about it. And I didn't pay any attention till you said earlier there's different grades. Oh, yeah. Is it grades of salt? Or? Well, it's not grades. It's just different styles. Okay. That's crazy. That's it's not like just, it's not all like NACL. That, like yeah. it's there's actual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't put iodized on everything. <laughs> no, I don't even. Not at all. I mean, I grew up with that, but I, I was at Chipotle. I swear to God, I was at Chipotle. You were Chipotle today. every day. I went by the grill. They were making all the steak at the time, and one of the steaks was white, white from the dude. The dude sit there and did you know he like did that thing where they kind of spray salt on it, but hey, he at least took fists. No, 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 no. Most people would do that. This dude was taking handfuls, angrily throwing at like the steak, like I'm done with my day. Splash of salt. I fuck this day. Splash of salt. I'm like, holy crap! That's how your heart fails right there. This is also the guy that asked the Vuve representative if we could do a Chipotle and champagne there, I'm always going to talk about Chipotle. <laughs> so. There's a 100% chance there's crack in Chipotle, and I'm thoroughly and addicted to it. he's chosen right now. Well, we, uh, we're starting to work on our... Uh, I wanted to do I want to do an annual dinner. What do you mean? We did it last year, Riesling and tacos. I Ooh. love it. I'm well, a big taco that, guy, yeah. and actually, we, I was just talking to David Tide about tacos the other day. Yeah. And <laughs> I like how the whole time, like earlier, I asked, like, "What's the Arizona cuisine?" Apparently, it's turning out to be tacos. tacos. <laughs> <laughs> so, w- what's next for Pesh? What's next for our Cullen Campbell in Arizona? We're uh, we're really just trying to focus on on like more seasonal seafood. Like, so it's it's the whole thing. Like, there's different times of the year where the seafood is fattier, and we're trying to focus in like on the crudo menu. Are going you, to like that that direction. Where are you getting your seafood from? I still get it from uh, one of my purveyors in uh, Santa Barbara, and then also Nelson's here in town. Sweet, because like they get some really good stuff. So, and it's not always the same. So we end up changing our menu a lot more lately. So like most people obviously have like a tuna or albacore or salmon. I mean, is there like a fish where if you said, "Hey, man, you've got to try this fish. This is the good one to do." Is there something that you'd be like, "Guys, you got to have this." Like, is there like a specific fish or seafood that you say, "Try this." Most people have never had. Well, and it's like it's different all the time. Like, there's times that I'm like, "Holy shit, that Arctic char was stellar!" Like, just like get the Arctic char, which is like it's like a cross. It's like salmon, but salmon light. Is that like kind of like a steel? Uh, what's what's the one off of like steelhead? Yeah, like steelhead. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's really similar to that. But like you look at it and you're like, holy shit! Like the color of it's gorgeous. Like I've had some it, collars at your restaurant that were unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, like, an, I like cooking collars. And that's another thing that I don't think. Well, I guess they're kind of hard because you don't get a lot. You only get one or two per fish. I mean, yeah, you get two per fish. So it's like cheeks. What is yeah. that side fin or the dorsal fin? It's like the fin that that comes off in like the neck part. Oh, okay, okay. I've only seen it once, and it was at Chula, and they they only had a couple from yeah. some fish that they had caught. So Dude, I actually he, I get some from Chula as well. So Damien one day shows up. This is the first time I learned about Chula. He shows up at our house one time, and we were living with each other, and he's like, "I got some mahi fish," and I assumed he got like you know a couple flays. No, he brought the fish <laughs> to <laughs> the house. Blue nose sea bass. 
Nice. Was that what it was? Blue nose sea bass. It was a pair of blue nose. Yeah, I had no idea it was that big. Tuna back. Yeah. No tuna. It's like the size of him, dude. I was gonna say. I had also. I never knew a tuna was as big as the table wherever. It's the size of like a human in some cases. Oh yeah, they're huge. I honest to God thought it was like I've caught a salmon before. Like like when I was fishing, I was like, oh, that's a good sized fish, and you know, it was maybe three feet or whatever it was. And somebody showed me a picture of a tuna that they caught, and I was like, that's cool. That's nice and photoshopped. He goes, no, no, no. No, that's real. That's real. That tuna just sold in Japan this week for $3 million. $3 million. Get yeah. the fuck out of here. <laughs> They're yep. both like, yeah. Holy crap. All right, all right, guys, <laughs> I'm Googling this. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm Literally, it was like three million. Like, imagine catching that. You're like, I'm done. I'm retiring. Yep, that's I, I could have played Powerball, but I went fishing. <laughs> like, <laughs> It was great. And now, here you go. Three like, million bucks. God, so, it's just got to be the fat content in it. Like, is that shit. the... John over here. Yeah, three million dollars. That's a hell of a. I've caught trout this big. It's the size of a cow minus <laughs> the huge. legs. It's a lot of them. Yeah, somewhere right around there. You They're know what's huge. crazy though? By the way, I imagine just because I've seen really old pictures of fish that are probably bigger than this, but that's not common anymore. Just because <laughs> like everything's so fucking fished out. <laughs> yeah. Also, good to know that if I'm swimming in the ocean, that's you know. Somewhere that, that's around there. Yeah. So, so, so the night that I got the blue nose, I mean, it was head intact and everything. So I was cutting pieces off the jowls and and cooking it like just quick a quick sear, and we were eating it. We were eating raw pieces. He literally is like, "Hey, come eat this," and just threw me like a chunk, like raw. I was like, because it was so fresh. It was actually I got it from Atlas. It was one of their ship uh, okay, people. Yeah, and yeah. He's like, I talked to him one night. He's like, "Oh, he didn't catch anything today." I was like, oh, "I don't get no fish." And the next day, he's like, "Yeah, he caught two blue nose." I'm like, I'll take them both. Was that the Monterey <laughs> seafood? Yeah, it was a Monterey. Oh yeah, Monterey is really good. Yep. So I was eating in uh, actually in San Francisco, and I love eating omakase menus mm-hmm. just to try all the different fish. Like that's like one of my favorite things. And they're like, "Do you want to do the full omakase?" I'm like, "Does that include multiple unis?" <laughs> they're like, well, Jap- as matter, Japanese. As, as a matter of fact, we have three different unis on the menu today. I was like, "Yes, sold." Yeah. And one of them, <laughs> one of them was actually Monterey. I can't wait to try this, by the way, because I've never had uni. I'm gonna make sure you make it though, because apparently it's really it's so either delicious. shit from Damien or it's amazing from you. So do you actually you don't do a, a raw dish? You cook it with something whenever you have it, right? Or Not always. Actually... Uh, I I use a lot of uh, Santa Barbara uni, mm-hmm. and uh, like we will make a crudo out of it, or I put it on top of the risotto, or. I mix it in, or I make botarga out of it. Actually, you'd probably like that. That's actually something that... So, botarga, you actually make your own? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, you got to be the only person in the valley that does their own. As far as I know, yeah. So, botarga is a uh, dried, uh, cured, dried, pressed uh, roe that you oh. grate. So, you ever had... Was it the pancake that they make? The Japanese oh, pancake? Oh, yeah, the uh, okinawi yaki, whatever it's called. Like, I was going to try and pronounce <laughs> it, but I was going to leave it, it up to my friend Jonathan. Maki Super Policeman. But they shave that all over the top, the Botarga. Like, that's like, common on that dish. <laughs> so, you want to wrap this up? So, let's drink some Amaro and hang out a little bit. <laughs> and uh, I appreciate you coming on. Is there anything else you want to tell people about your restaurant? What's coming on? What's going on? Like, what's in the future? Like, yeah, yeah, anything uh, going on? People can come try. We are working on a, a new uh, dinner series. I mean, it's going to be a little of everything. We're going to do the Taco Riesling party. It's basically a series of working on like food with wine pairings. Uh, uh, a lot of I'm trying to figure out who's coming into town. We're trying to do a dinner with Andre Mack, from, who used to be uh, the psalm at uh, Per Se. Master psalm, really great guy. He makes some wines out of uh, Oregon. Super cool dude. But we're just trying to like 
do a lot of these really fun dinners. And like, that's like where a time frame you're thinking of. It'll be over the next like four months. Okay. So we'll do like probably one to two a month. Yeah, because we definitely want to obviously tell everybody that you're doing these things so they know where to go, where to try these new yeah. foods. Because especially in the Valley, with the type of food that you're making, it's the only place really to go and try something unique like that. Yeah. And so with the change of name, have you changed your website? Yes. Website has changed. All right. So what's your website now? Barpescaaz.com. <laughs> probably should, you Are probably you should sure? spell that. <laughs> All right, so look them up on Facebook yeah. or other social media platforms. I'm pretty sure it's com. <laughs> but actually, if you do go to crudo, like crudoaz.com, it, it, like, it takes you to Barpeske. Awesome. And you probably to spell that for people because I guarantee they're going P-E-S-K-I or something. It's right actually P-E-S-C-E. Yeah. yeah. Pe- Pesky, that's the new, I know uh, that. that's I just... new That's the new Czechoslovakian <laughs> restaurant that just opened up. Pesky's. Pesky's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, it's barpesque.com. <laughs> there you go. There we go. But this is all transition. I mean, I, one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on is because there is this transition going on, and people have asked me a bunch over the last couple of months, like, what's going on, Cullen? What's going on at the restaurant? How can we change the name? And I'm like, I don't know. You should go dine there and ask them. <laughs> like, they're open. Especially go, go in the middle of a rush. Go on in. <laughs> Make sure you ask them when they're super busy. <laughs> and I'll tell you, the, this white wine you brought, do you serve this in the restaurant? Mm-hmm. Do you serve this out of the... Well, I just got this this week, so uh, we're going to start serving it out of that, yeah. And what did you call it again? A Peroni? A Peroni? It's, a, it's a Peroni. Because so, it's not a Peroni. It's not a Peroni. Peroni is my favorite beer. <laughs> so Dumpster it is a beer delightful from beer. Italy. <laughs> I love that beer. It's, it's the best Budweiser from Italy. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so we'll post pictures of the bottle and what he brought. This this was amazing. Honestly, this with food. Dude, was a super refreshing yeah. wine. This with Crudo. This it's on our happy hour menu. It's on oh our, our uh, dinner menu, our dinner wine list menu. So it's... I am. I feel like we almost did a disservice by not even talking about this, but we just we just started talking. But this is white wine with your cuisine would be so perfect. I oh mean, yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah, especially with all like the citrus flavors that were in there, that goes great. With, and it's so light and easy to drink, and, not and to that mention, little effervescence in it was the, awesome. The presentation, if they're pouring it table side, like like out of that big jug or something along those lines. Yeah, like, so I got, just, I've got two of these, and I need to get more. Um, you need to, yeah, and I. Uh, who, I feel like you have to be careful pouring those because they're going to break. Glass guy. I have the, those glass wine buckets, and I gave some of those to some different restaurateurs. They were all shattered in a week. Oh, I'm sure. Like, you just got dishwashers. Like, though, that's pretty... Oh, I don't let them put it through the dishwasher. It looks that's like... That's a hand. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. I'm guessing um, it's fragile. Must be Italian. Must be Italian. Yes. Fragile. <laughs> <laughs> so, definitely look, but we'll post some pictures of what it looks like. Um, but please check out, was it Barpesh? Yeah, so barpesheaz.com. Spell that, spell that out for people. Oh, that's your, that's your Instagram. Yep. So yeah, just follow the Instagram. It's way more fun, <laughs> way more fun to follow Instagram. Plus, following chef Instagrams is just, there's something about it. It just makes you hungry. Like, you get to see the food, the cuisine, the happenings at the bar, all the fun stuff. Also, the bartenders there make the best blended daiquiris ever because they love it. They love when you ask them to make something blended. The best mojitos <laughs> in the valley. <laughs> all, all the bartenders just died. They just all cringed. Right that was Seriously. actually that was actually one of the best times I've ever had. Was when a bartender like poked his head back in the kitchen. He's like, "Hey, chef, you got any mint?" I was like, "Yeah, I got some mint right here." He's like, "Okay, no mint. Cool. Sorry." <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, oh, that's like there's like some bartenders that we've been to. Sarah one time asked for a daiquiri, and the bartender looked at the blender and went, "Unfortunately, our blender's broken." She's just like, no, it's not. It's brand new. But I get it. I get it. Sweet. So you guys are on 32nd in Indian School. Uh, 36. 36th in Indian School uh, on the back side of the building. Yep. In the honestly, the best restaurants in the nation are the hidden restaurants. When you're in New York City, when you're in San Francisco, it's the place where you drive by it a hundred times, you don't know it's there. And all of a sudden, someone shows you the place in the back alley, and you're like, wait, there's a restaurant back there? Yep. And it's amazing. That's what these guys do. So please, check them out. They're, they are awesome. It's one of my favorite places in town. Yeah, man. This was great. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, yeah. thanks, thanks for having me. So this has been a blast. Like This is exactly what I want to do after work instead of... Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, this is what you would be doing after work. This is what I'd be doing after work. It's just not like, usually recorded. Yeah, totally. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely do or it again, and we'll it? do some dinners and stuff with you. But uh, yeah, it's time for uh, more drinks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Cheers. Bye, guys.